In the White House, President Eisenhower signs the proclamation that makes Alaska's entry into the Union official, nearly 92 years after Lincoln's Secretary of State bought the territory from the Russian Tsar for $7 million. The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Barney Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. The exclusive home of Frontier Gear, built for the rugged Alaskan terrain. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor needs. Visit Barney's today at 906 West Northern Lights. Big Rays, the Alaskan outfitter, committed to outfitting Alaskans across the state since 1947. Whether you're a recreator, parent, guide, or corporate buyer, Big Rays has the gear you need tailored for Alaska's harsh conditions. Check out their new exclusive line of Aurolic waders. Big Rays for all your outdoor gear and rugged work attire. BigRays.com. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services. Helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products, providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. TheTreehouseAK.com located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska, built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation, with exclusive products such as their sugar wax, full spectrum diamond sauce cards, and more. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the reach of children and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. The Bait Shack. Located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They are the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Lawn Pro AK, Alaska's year-round professional property maintenance team. Services include weekly lawn care, custom landscaping, fertilizing, weed control, turf repair, and more. Schedule your free estimate at lawnproak.com. Alaska's OG Cider Company, Double Shovel, crafting gluten-free colonial-style ciders, founded as a healthier non-inflammatory brew option. Drop by their pop and tap room in Anchorage off of 58th and Arctic or visit the second location in Kodiak. Double Shovel, award-winning ciders. The Alaska chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. BHA is the voice of our Alaskan public lands, waters, and wildlife. Their goal is to uphold our hunting and fishing legacy while keeping our public lands wild. Stand up today and join BHA at backcountryhunters.org. Alaska Mining and Diving Supply, located in Anchorage, is our go-to for powder sleds and utility rigs. Whether you're in the mountains with the flat bill bros, running trap lines, or hauling freight, they have the selection to get you dialed from peaks to the valleys. Find them on Commercial Drive or akmining.com. Justified the like expense of opening the store 
on what might be a, like a slower day, like a Sunday. Yeah. But you still get steady customer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Base, or, yeah. or they know you're on. They're open. On, you're open on Sundays. Like, yep. hey, I'm working all week. I can't make it all week, but I know they're open on the weekend. Yeah. You get out there. Whoa. Who's that? Damn, gangsta. <laughs> Is that yours? Uh oh. You know he's. You know how to work that. See, yeah, man, if you had an Apple airplane mode, man, airplane. my man, my man's got two phones. No, man, it's on Instagram. I'm trying to make a reel, you know. Oh, did you get some new glasses? <laughs> no, man, I oh. wore my white ones last night. Those oh, are my okay. going out. Oh, oh, those, oh, those are those the stunting. Yeah. <laughs> Call those the, your church, your church glass, your church goggles. Yeah, those are, yeah. Gotcha. Those, oh, yeah, those are to kill them. You guys get a, a pretty steady stream of folks in on Sunday on we the do. weekends. We yeah, do. yeah. A lot of classes too for rod building and fly tying. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yep. awesome. Opens man. up the weekend to people oh, that work classes, all week. Huh? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Way cool. You kind of have that going on, like a little class in the corner over there, we do. and then uh, a sales rep or somebody kind of watching, holding down the fort. Yeah, we're not. We're I not. mean, this mom and pop. So, <laughs> oh sure, you, you know, can be doing a class. Like and like, Hold on. A second. <laughs> yeah, they like to interact and see what's oh, going sure, on. It drives sure. business too, so it's oh, it's I good. I bet. You know, for people that don't know, that's an option out there. Something well, else to cool. do. It's cool that you're open on the weekends, man. It's like. I don't know. If you're a recreator, there's so many things that come up last minute before you're heading out of town or going to do something. Well, not only that, but if you're it's working like, oh, during shit. the week. That, that's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, what's a weird trend is Mondays are usually our biggest day of the week. Really? Oh. Yeah, historically. I don't, it's like maybe people get home from their trip and they're like, I got it while this is hot on my mind, go get this stuff. But yeah. uh, Mondays are huge. Huh. It's really weird. Yeah, mm. that's good to know. Uh, welcome to Alaska Wild Project, episode 149. Uh, today we have A.J. Hoffman from Three Rivers Fly and Tackle out in Wasilla. Thank you for coming in, A.J. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we were just talking about the store being open all the time. Is that only one location? Yep. For now? Yep. For now. For, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> for now. <laughs> it's like, kind of like it like this. <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. Um, the Instagram is uh, at, or I mean, yeah, at Three Rivers, number three, Rivers Fly and Tackle. Uh, I really like your guys' page. I've been following you guys on my personal and Alaska Wild Project. Um, you, it seems like you have a really good staff. Um, you guys are like, keep it light. It's like funny. You guys go do your like reviews and your um, ice fishing reports and all that stuff. So it's really, it's not like a, a boring page to watch where you're just like advertising the shit you have for sale. Thank you. You guys are actually like giving out information and making it entertaining. Yeah, we're trying. Nice. We're trying, man. Yeah. There's some hiccups along the way, but that's social media. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Do you uh, run that? Uh, no, Leaf does. Leaf's okay. been running that for us. So we brought him on two years ago and he's really taken the reins. Young just, cat? No, he's 39, but he graphic design background and okay. just a hunting and fishing junkie. Well, in that age, um, it, I, I say like that mid thirties to like early forties, some, some older guys are a little bit more advanced on the technical side, but it seems like that age is still kind of an old school. And then kind of grew up with grew, it grew up with uh with yep. the transition of uh, social media and yeah it's crazy here recently it seems like we've come across a lot of graphic design specialist type people or oh yeah people that are into that and i'm like man was there like a a push or something back then or no i think it's because uh if you notice so there's been a computer guy or you know back in techie? our in our era era mm -hmm. graphic design was a lot of people like drawing Mm -hmm. 
that's how they did it. Oh, and now, yeah. yeah, they were sketching stuff, but now they have like that AutoCAD, Do it and on computer. Canva, and all those other yep. programs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where they're just drawing uh, on their iPad or on their whatever tablet they have. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they part of it too, like. I mean, these people are probably like students of the 90s, you know, maybe mm-hmm. early 2000. Mm-hmm. And they right. probably got told, like my dad told me, he was like, you can make a living with that. Choose something that's not going to go away. Yeah. You know right, what I mean? Right. Oh, oh gosh. Gotcha. Whether that's yeah, some sort of, whether it's plumbing or carpentry. I mean, I ended up being a teacher. They're always going to need teachers. And then he's like, computer stuff. Like, that's that's the future. Technology. You know, so choose yeah, something technology there. is never. Well, a lot of those cats can work from wherever they want now, too, which is Mm -hmm. why I think there's a link between their their career path and then like the outdoors. Yes, freedom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they can go where they want to be, you know, in that environment. Great point. Yeah, and there's no set like I got to be at the office at 9 a.m. You know, you can just get the job done, work all day, and finish, blast out three projects, and then go hunting for a week or whatever. It's an unorthodox career. Not a career. Uh, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of. Uh, um, you do it repetitively. A, uh, a trend. Your the thing you do every day. Mm-hmm. Your uh, your you know routine. You a, routine. Thank yeah. you, man. Drawing a blank <laughs> on that. Uh, like it's not your normal nine to five or new routine with that. Yeah, it's project driven. Right? Project like driven. Like yes. Accomplish your yes. goals and then you're free to go. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever day or night it is yeah. need, that needs to get done. And then the the fly shop itself. Began before social media, right? Oh, yeah. It's been there for 33 years. Right, right. So what has it been like in in your time there seeing that transition? Has business gotten better since the creation of social media and, and, and the exposure it gives a small business? It's a double-sided sword. You know, back in the day, it used to be newspapers, yeah. you know, or you go down to the local fishing hole and you're talking to a buddy and you're like, hey, man, where'd you get that lure? So the word of mouth was always there. It's just mm-hmm. so much broader now, mm-hmm. and it's so much easier to get information out, mm-hmm. you know, good or bad. It's, yeah. e- it's easy. So it's, it's yeah, a, or bad. <laughs> so it's one of those things. It's like you got you to gotta balance it because too much of it and you're kind of drowned in your company i feel like you know yeah. and you're getting hit all the time with it on facebook but not enough of it and you lose that trend yeah That's a I, I still can't believe i get like dropped off at my house the um the phone book is yeah, that a phone I, book is it still called a phone book i still get it from uh mta yeah yeah i'm like what is this yes, man the, the yellow page i just put it right in the recycling man i'm yep. like what who is paying for this it's really thin now too man that's right it is really thin it's, it's really thin, thin but it's still i know it's pricey to print that oh half oh, that yeah. book for like all the residents of eagle river damn that some bitch used to be like that oh yes yeah. remember that fucking thing coupons in them yeah, yeah. yeah dude yes and if you were like trying to screw around and go drive mom and dad's truck you just threw the <laughs> phone books on the seat and jumped up that's on that's right <laughs> i took oh, a part-time yeah. one time like delivering those I did it for like three hours. I was like, fuck. Heavy, heavy ass things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> I just like backed the truck off and they just like dumped, I don't know, a thousand of them in my truck. And I was like, oh shit, what am I going to do? He's like, just drop them at every house. And I did it for like two hours and I was like, nah, the rest of them didn't get delivered. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's wild to watch how, how times change like that. And now, yeah, now you don't have them. Well, you have them, but. What's well, the whole death of the industry, like magazines, newspapers, you know, I right, mean, yeah. everything's, everything's digital now. Yeah. I mean, I remember getting magazines that delivered at the house and East Bay and 
you know things like that EMG, baby. i'm so surprised actually that they do um like sitka or qu and and even kevin at barney's um putting Catalog. out catalogs you know yeah. i love them i, I do love too them. i do too and i think there's that that generation that still likes that hardback mm. yeah you know, i'd yeah. rather read out of a book than True. off of a tablet personally yeah. sure just more i love the sitka kuyu um stone glacier catalogs you get like the seat the spring the summer the fall the i love that like as soon as they come in I'm like oh yes you know sit just down. put it right on the back of the toilet yeah it's it's a, it is a generational thing because you can just instantly grab your phone google it boom okay and we right. know we can we all know we can do that at any given time but no there's something about taking that magazine and then you get your pen and you circle what you want. Yeah, man. Like yeah. Back, yeah. Well, my yep. rewards catalog. <laughs> <for Christmas. laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, man, that was like the first like soft core porn when that JC Penney's magazine <laughs> came, dude. Yeah. Uh, remember that? Yeah. That, was, that was another <laughs> thick ass motherfucker yeah. too, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Guilty. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, like that one's showing some cleavage. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to rip this one out. My mom will never know. <laughs> oh, man. All those perverted little boys are all guilty oh, of that. Yeah, man. How could uh, you not be, man? It was like. I mean, do, kid find, do kids find porn magazines in the woods anymore? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I remember I my, when no I found idea. ours in the woods. No it was like idea. a stash in this tree, man. It was The word was out. Dude. To be oh, honest, man. I don't even know if they print them anymore. I don't True, know. right? Yeah, man, Those no are idea. dead too, right? Oh, like a play. They like still gotta have Playboy. Or? Yeah, I, don't, I, I have no idea. I don't know because all those I'm actresses not, yeah. used to go on them and like they'd broadcast it. And, like she's gonna be the next one in this oh, monthly huge thing. Huge like, deal. Yeah. You don't hear that anymore. No, no, doesn't carry this prestige uh, of of classy. <laughs> God, <laughs> porn magazines that it used to. I guess. Oh man. <laughs> well, Playboy's never even really pornographic in nature. It was more of like. Oh, Model, good, good right? reading. Good one. No, <laughs> yeah. More of like modeling. modeling Some uh, really good articles. Good nude, articles man. More like modeling nudity versus like penthouse. And that was straight like. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Shit was hitting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had, a, I had a, one of my uncles, man. I used to go visit uh, my aunt uncle's place every summer for a few weeks and stay with my cousin. And about 12 years old, we realized that he had a stack of Playboys under the sink. Little built a little uh, uh, drawer <laughs> under the sink, man. <laughs> Happened to see it like halfway kind of open one day. I went in there, I'm like, what's going on in there? Open up, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Some old ones from uh, the 80s too, man. That was good shit. Damn, you remember yeah, you used to hide them in your room? You used to have the hiding spot? You used to have this desk, this like desk that went up, and I made like a little hiding thing underneath the panel. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Just hidden in plain sight? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. My mom will never know. That's rookie shit, bro. Rookie shit. Oh, did you have a good spot? Bro, you take the uh, the vent off of the floor, the AC. Oh, ooh. Yeah. roll it and stick it down. You know, in there. Yeah. Wow, Dang. that's a good one. That is a good. You're one. welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you check so the you kids' vents when you get home. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> be an iPad down there nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, oh yeah. What's yeah. <laughs> on this thing? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole different thing yeah. now. Huh? 
Yeah, they're good articles, man. Everything you want to know about baseball, football, soccer. Yeah. Yeah. Not no more. No. Um, have you heard of Luke Mel? AJ? I don't know that I have. Um, I, I like to call him the Ice God. I'm going to just pull up his page yeah. right here on the on the TV. And anyone listening, if you're not following Luke Mel on Instagram, it's just L-U-C-M-E-H-L. Um, he, has, he wrote, he was really big into pack rafting, and he um, has kind of made a transition into uh, ice, like learning about ice, talking about ice, um, different sciences about ice. Um, and I think it kind of goes hands in hand as a lot of us are ice, uh, you know, hard water fishing and all that stuff. Um, he does a lot of, uh, let me see, actually, let me, uh, let me get the audio on this real quick. Hold on a second. Um, he goes out to different lakes and will like examine them and give you like the research on the ice and why there's different, different uh, types of ice. Um, hold on, let me fix this real quick so we can listen to one little thing of his. Um, this one he put out, I want to say that was yesterday, just explaining like these things that you see on the ice and then how to, if you fall in, in the ice, you know, how to get out of the ice. Yeah. It does all the training courses. Um, yeah, here oh. we go. But if you're not, I mean, it's, it's, I never thought I'd be so interested in just ice and you see it all the time. Um, let me play this back again here. Let's see. Go on. And I already did this, but as soon as I see a transition like this, I use my ice probe and test the transition. So if I was coming from white to black, I'd come across smack, smack, smack. I did that. I think there's like six to eight inches of ice here. So I'm home free. I'm on a good site to talk about white ice versus black ice. So here's the white ice. So this was all covered with snow and then the weight of the snow pushed down on the ice until water found its way through on things like this. Pushed up, saturated the snow and turned that into ice. Yeah, melted. These are awesome. These little like alien spider things. And then here comes the edge. You can see here it was broken up. Pretty likely that was due to wind. And then we can step over into new ice, black ice. So this didn't have snow on it. And I already did this, but as soon as I see a transition like this, I use my ice probe and test the transition. So if I was coming from white to black, I'd come across smack, smack, smack. I already did that. I think there's like six to eight inches of ice here. Um, so anyway, oh, cool, anyway, man. he goes out and he's really took the big dive into this thing. I mean, there's a lot of people that are doing, um, you know, long distance ice, ice skating stuff. He does like, you know, hundred mile things where he's connecting from rivers to lakes, from rivers to lakes and goes on these adventures to go do, um, I forgot what he called it. Um, not adventure ice. Um, anyway. Uh, really cool page, um, yeah, really sure. interesting stuff. I mean, he made the full transition from his pack rafting. He is the the uh, the author of the pack raft handbook. Um, but as you see now, it's getting really big for when these ice things, people want to skate to the glacier and people want to do all this cool stuff. And as us being, you know, ice fishermen, just to be able to learn like the differences of, you know, thicknesses and what it looks like when you come across something that's clear or white or dark or whatever like that. So just a cool little, uh, thing. I don't know if he's going to put out, he does like classes and stuff like that on rescue. And he always skates with those little, uh, yeah, pick, the ice the, the ice pick things and stuff like that. So I just want to bring it up to let people know about um, Luke and all great, the cool stuff that he's awesome. I was just thinking, you know, you guys do your clinics and, and courses at the shop. Yeah. 
Um, man, Mel coming in and having some guys come talk about ice safety might be a huge it's big up here, thing, yeah. especially with earthquakes and stuff. Like a couple oh. of years ago, man, it shattered lakes. And then you right, got methane right. releases and water changing, and it's mm. it's sketchy, man. We're in a big place. Yeah, yeah did you see the video on. of that person saw, like, a methane bubble, and then they popped it and lit it? Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. So just a cool thing that he's doing. Um, is that's wild, awesome. wild kinda, ice? Is, is that what it's called? Or what? what what he does, his skating? Yeah, I was, well, I noticed on the Instagram. I, I'm assuming he's probably um, going to write, write some sort of book or something on yeah. it. He's a big author, so eventually he'll probably come out. But just a cool dude that's out there, like, you know, checking it out for everybody. Mm-hmm. So yeah, check him cool. out, Luke Mel. And his book is really good if you're into yeah. pack rafting and all that stuff. I feel like you could do that that triathlon style like Jim Lake. You know, you got all mm-hmm. them little creeks and Mud streams Lake, there, Lake, yeah, yeah. And connect mm-hmm. it around, mix up, mix up the sport. Yeah, There's something else to do, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. I guess it's really big in like, uh, like Sweden and Norway and stuff like that. All that I forget what the name of the ice skating is called, but you saw a skate. So there's yeah. like a mix. So you can take those blades off and then like hike between like if there's a little patch where there's no ice, then you can hike and then just clip clip the the um the blade back on and keep skating. So a good way to predator hunt. Damn. Yeah. Dead yeah. quiet. I didn't even know that even existed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, long distance skating. I forgot what adventure skating. There's a name for it. You probably made the name up, but Yeah, we did. Uh, I can go back and look at our notes. But yeah, wait, cool cool little plug there though. That's that's nice. Yeah. And it's like perfect time of year to have those conversations um about ice safety and being cognizant of, of where you're going and uh, making sure you're, if you're recreating or going to ice fish, you're going on to, you know, take your family and friends on to something that's safe. Yeah, and enjoy it another day. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, guy. it goes yeah. come back, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, what do they say? Is it you might know actually the the rules of ice? What is it like? Two to three inches, you can walk on it. Yeah. Six, you can take a snow machine. Seven or eight, you could take your truck. Yeah, I think it depends on the vehicle weights because most people up here would drive a diesel or something. But mm, right. I think a foot, you know. And the other big thing, like he's doing research on, which is awesome, is lakes don't freeze consistently. So it's not like if you drill one spot, the whole lake is that thick. A lot mm-hmm. of people, there's springs, there's water movement, there's all sorts of factors that factor into that ice differential, right? So it's always good to one go with a buddy if you can, or mm. you know, a friend just to keep an eye on you, but test drill or take like he had a chipping bar mm-hmm. and when you're working new areas finger lake has some weird spots big lake they do yeah big it lake just does doesn't too. freeze right mm-hmm. big lake has as a bunch of them and that's why i don't i won't ice fish by myself um especially like and i won't take if i'm dry i try not to even drive my truck out there period yeah i'll, I'll take the snow machine yeah it's it's cool when they get the roads in i mean it's a cool thing that to part drive is, out yeah you stay oh, yeah. on on the roads yeah, yeah. Um, but especially Big Lake, it's got a lot of uh, warm springs mm-hmm. underneath that ice that people don't realize. And if you hit the wrong spot, oh yeah, it looks like it's frozen, but you get the weight of your car or even your snowmobile on there. Yep, and that's a wrap, Jack. Yep. There's always at least one person. Yeah, right? catch you in the springtime if they want to come <laughs> yeah. and get you out. Yeah, yeah, yep. It's funny the reaction you can get out of some people that they're blown away. They you drive your fucking car. Oh, lake. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah, man. And it is unsettling, I guess, when you do it. Driving on Finger Lake is just 
done it a hundred times, but every time I like unlock the door, everybody's seatbelts are off. Windows down. Yeah, windows bit. down. Like, <laughs> oh, even yeah. you ready always get pucker here, up man. the first time. Especially it just on feels, big yeah, it just feels like it's not right. When you're creeping along and then the ice starts cracking. Popping. Like, oh, shit, yep. man. Yeah, yep. man. What, where can you really drive on a lake? Finger and Big Lake, obviously Big Lake has roads. Finger Lake is pretty popular. The wind Everyone blows drives. all the snow off, Yep. usually. Kepler, Bradley, people drive on there. Well, that's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I think anywhere you got a public access, you yeah. can legally do it. It's Sometimes that ice will heave right where the access hits, though, so it's yeah. hard getting a vehicle onto them. Or the snowpack isn't right where right. you get stuck. What's that one that's right there off the highway? Lowbird. Yep. Oh. They'll drive. Oh, okay. After a while, when people get tired of parking it right there by the gravel pit, They'll yeah. actually drive they'll out They'll just on start driving. Yeah, they'll yeah. drive right on out. Long Lake out by Chickaloon. That's yep. another one people yeah. hit a lot with oh, trucks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't blame them. There's a big-ass lake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and so not everybody yeah. can buy all the machines you need to enjoy Alaska, right? right? No. So it's yeah. like you take your vehicle out there, and you can be safe. You just got to wait. Shoot, I got a machine. Well, on that topic, man, they're getting crazy now with those things, man. I was talking to my buddy. He just, I don't know what he spent, man, on his new expedition with, like, just ice Ice kitted out like rod holders, auger holders, freaking everything on it, radars and <laughs> lidars, and just like, dude, you can go all out now oh, yeah. with that. Yeah, that's really really cool. And I saw you guys had one of those rigs or someone on your guys' page. Oh yeah, the rig totally rigged up for that. And so. they're towing, they're towing trailers now with them. I mean, there's guys doing all sorts of stuff, but they're making the machines more capable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can do mm-hmm. like that guy's skating everywhere. These guys are doing the wolf pack at Lake Louise grooms a ton of trails and they do a yeah. great job at it. And there's mm-hmm. maps and you can go out for weeks if you want. And, and studded too. Like oh, they're yeah. studying the, the um, paddles yeah. and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Actually speaking of Lake Louise, I'm surprised that that one's not, people don't drive on that one. No, they, they, mm-hmm. I, d- I think they deter it maybe like on a year like this where they don't have a snow base, but once they start grooming trails, they don't want tire tracks rutting them up for oh, safety issues, you okay. know, and then quality of trail. Um, but you go down to places like Minnesota and Canada and they'll, they'll put RV lots on the ice. You know, you could rent a place to go fish for walleye or whatever. And I don't know that our lakes could sustain that, but it's an option in the future to think about, you know. Yeah, and they get crazy with those rigs, man. Yeah, you go down that rabbit hole of looking at those guys in Minnesota, Wisconsin, and their ice fishing motorhomes. Yeah, the only thing is mm-hmm. if you if you watch, if you look up, if you like YouTube, the bad side of yeah. those, <laughs> nobody you'll see. About yeah, the the, oh. the weight of those mm-hmm. when they get in like their little communities, that ice just sinks. Nope. Yeah, or if, know, it, if it melts a little bit and then it refreezes and you're just yeah, then, Frozen then they're screwed in. and their shits in the in you know the bottom of the lake right there. Yeah, I did. I did. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it too. They put out a. Um, I don't know if it was ADF and G or who it was that you had to have your ice house now registered if it was yep. going to stay the night. Is that oh, new? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that a it's new been thing? around for a while. I think they're just pushing on it more because they're developing these new ice houses now that are huge. Man, they're insulated, so mm-hmm. people are just setting those up and then leaving them. And they just want to know who it belongs to. I don't think it's more to try and push more regulation as it is like, hey, dude, your stuff is frozen into the ice. You might want to get out there right, and deal right. with it. Oh, so yeah. okay. on the lake. So that reduces the negligent part yep. of it? Yeah, yeah I think you, so. You've gone from a, an ice tent, so to speak, to I think it's Forest River making these. Oh, yeah, it's huge. Hard wall shack. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much a, oh, a really? gutted RV. Yep. 
or travel trailer with a, a hydraulic air hydraulic suspension that you could drop down to the ice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, like, yeah. dude, to go out there, leave him the whole season. I think there's a guy in uh, the Wasilla area that's makes. Oh, yeah. there's a, He's up on the hill. Uh, yeah. On the right hand side by the Harley shop. Yeah. I yep. think they're on skis or something like that. Yep. Oh, is that what those are? Yeah. yeah he okay. makes. You can tell them uh, ice shacks, yeah. Mm. What nobody talks about the issue is on this is as our winter sets up, our ice gets thicker and thicker. So it's not a problem of driving out. The problem is, is we get overflow. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's really what causes those things to freeze in. You get six, eight inches of water on top, if not more. And Lake Louise and Big Lake are notorious for it. Notorious. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So then they freeze in. So even those ves- those vehicles, they got to lift them up, go out and shim them and put blocks underneath them. Several times, and that's why I that's why I agree with you. I don't don't think the registering them is a regulation thing, like to have more government overreach. I think it's more, yeah. There's overflow. Your shit's frozen in the water. We need to know who this belongs to. Yeah. Well, it's just accountability for exactly. Yeah. To take this thing out here, create a problem for other people by letting your shit freeze into the lake. Right. You know. Is it illegal to leave it out there? Not if it's registered. Not yeah. Oh, not, not if, if it's, it's registered. registered. You can leave it out okay. there. You can leave it out there all year. I didn't even know that was. Oh, really? When it thaws, yeah. I mean, you can leave it out there all winter. Wow. Yep. That's you cool. Stop. That's crazy. You could do that because, no. like, you can't even say like at a campground for more than what is it like ten days right, or something right, before yeah, you yeah. have to move. Yeah. No, you could throw that that ice shack and just claim your spot all winter long. Well, I think it's one of those gray areas in the state, right? Because, like you said campgrounds you can't do that mm-hmm. and there's other areas but as soon as you get on the water finger lake you don't have to pay for parking because yeah. you're not you're you're just using the access point yeah, no one point. owns so, the water nope mm-hmm. so i don't know if we'll see something on down the road on that i wouldn't be surprised as the population goes up yeah i wonder if that eventually something as as i've noticed more people are like guiding ice oh, fishing yeah. and then they just take their hot spot at whatever it is at the i, I could see it coming yeah. you know 100 percent most of the ice guides I know are kind of stewards of the lake. So they're going around cleaning up trash. They're calling people out on social media for leaving trash. Like most of them want to see a healthy fishery because that's their the, lifeline. Hell yeah. And that's the thing though. You have, and I'm not here to rag on anybody. You have the guides that are guiding. This is my job job. Mm-hmm. And then the guides that are, the state's giving out free guide licenses. I'm doing this on the weekend. This is my side hustle. Yep. You know what I mean? I know. Yeah. I mean, even if they charge and that, 25 bucks. Those are bucks. the people that are going to ruin it for everybody yep. else. Mm. Yeah, even if it's just, yeah. They should. They should. I Honestly, I mean, the professionals of the industry are going to pay it. They're going to figure out how to either adjust their prices or right. they're booking more people anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a slippery slope on either side of it, you know. Yep, 100%. I like the positive angle on the stewards of the of the lake thing. Yeah. I like that. And well, to push that it should be your objective. We can't be anywhere as a shop at all times. So a lot of those guys that are connected with the shop really help us be better stewards to our customers, right? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you don't want to fish there right now with your kids. Go over here and use this. And that's all. We do our own R&D, but a lot mm-hmm. of it comes from all those guys, right? Yeah, there's 50 of them out there a day, every day grinding. They got good intel, or they'll tell you like, "Don't go there." Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, right down the street from the shops, Lake Lucille, and if we get a heavy snowpack on top of the ice there, the oxygen levels deplete, and the whole lake dies off. 
Oh, so really? people will spend time and money on gear trying to fish it, and there's a there isn't a live fish in the lake. It's oh, been dude, notorious. Oh, like every five years, this shit cycles, and the whole lake's dead. Oh wow! All the fish just Loot, run su- out of oxygen, suffocate. Yep. Basically, yeah, yeah. Wow. So it's it's one of those areas that like having that intel helps us be more helpful to our customers. Yeah, you know, or we always ask them right now this time of year wherever they're going. Like, hey, if you see anything hazardous. Let us know. Report we don't need it. to know what you're doing or any of that. Like, we just yeah. want to know, like, there's a big open lead. Yeah. Especially when people start navigating the Sioux and chasing pike on, like, Trapper Lake and all those areas. Like, what's the Sioux doing? What's the Talkeetna River doing? Because it's, yeah. it's an animal, man. It's always changing and moving and yep. freezing and thawing. Yeah, I can't I can't plug it enough, but most of our customers, the, anybody that goes remote, you've got to have an inReach at a bare minimum mm-hmm. in this state. It's just a required part of your equipment that you need to have going out. Shoot, I go to Big Lake and I take it with yeah, me. Yeah, man. Don't even. Yeah. <laughs> SOS for pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I don't need anything. I just, I just need some food. Just have a bird drop me some pizza, please. Yeah. Well, it seems like the ice fishing thing, um, as you find in some different sports um people are willing to give you the intel on it versus i mean sometimes a lot of the fly fishing spots like people aren't trying to give away like their trout spot um whatever but it seems like the ice fishing people are more open to giving out information and you find it like like for example like with caribou like people would be like oh yeah i saw the caribou over here but cheap mom's the word like yeah. ain't no one telling you where they're seeing rams you know no, and it seems like some sports alaskan sports like it's like yeah okay over there over here this is a good spot i caught something over here i'd go here not there it seems like ice fishing is one of those where it's really helpful and people are open to giving out information compared to like some other sports i totally agree yeah as far as our industry that's the one that everybody's a little bit more loose-lipped on yeah, yeah. it's not like the salt you know like don't ask anybody where they're shrimping Oh man! You oh know. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't give anybody a depth a depth point off a point whatever off whatever island in the right. halibut hole. Like, like no. yeah, so where are you shrimping? They're going to tell you go to Flat Island out there off about yeah. by Homer. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go drop your your crab pot out there. Yeah, I've had yeah. buddies Black sell pot. their Black, ocean Blackstone boats. Bay, man. Blackstone <laughs> Bay. Get there. They'll like sell the oh, boat, and they'll be like, "I'm clearing that out." And the guys will be like, "Oh, we want to buy it. You know, we want your waypoints." And they're like, "Okay, another hundred grand." Like, yeah, it took me ten years to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's that's funny that there is different like things like that that people want to share and don't want to share. Well, ice fishing can kind of be a um, a love hate. Like you, you gotta go, you gotta go and fish a half a dozen times and get skunked and if you really want it you keep going and trying and learning because if you're just going to go one or two times and you're like okay it's cold it's actually a lot of work um i didn't catch shit and just went and bought five six hundred dollars worth of stuff i'm throwing this shit on facebook i don't like this sport that's what guides are great for yeah yeah i mean we push guides a lot probably lose money doing it um because you could it's pretty easy to set somebody up but and if it's me and my kids, I hire a guide. I'm yeah. not too proud to say. I, I mean, it's just easy. Yeah, I, I think it could have the reverse effect. I think you have a guy that's coming in. He's trying to navigate through the barrier of entry of like, okay, I got to get an ice house and an auger. And like, oh, my God, he starts pricing this stuff out yeah. between your shop and sportsman's and Cabela's. And he's like, oh, my God, this is kind of a lot. Like, am I really sure I want to do it? Well, he suggests they go to a guide. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, mom, mom and kid, mom and dad and kid, dad and kid are like, hey, this is actually pretty fun. Yep. Now I'm willing to invest the, the money in the, in the gear. Yeah. They come to Three Rivers and now they get some stuff. And so I, I think it's. Well, it's daunting. And, <clears throat> and like, I'd never got a guide, but last year I went with my brother to Lake Louise. Um, like, we've been really into ice fishing, you know, around Anchorage and Wasilla and stuff like that. And we've had a lot of success in a lot of the lakes. But we see these pictures of people catching these monster Lakers out there, and we're like, all right, well, let's go out there. So we went out there for a three-day weekend. You get there, and you're like, Jesus, dude, I don't know where the fuck to punch a hole. This place is oh, huge. Yeah, it's yeah. not yep. just that yep. easy, man. You know, and so we tried a couple of different places, didn't get one, didn't even have one hit, one nothing, you know. So that's that was one where I was like, all right, well, if I come back, I'm going to hit up these guys yeah. You know, whoever chasing tails or some of these other guys that are doing it out there because you see on their pages, they're consistently yep. getting it. And it could be the simplest thing as like, okay, well, they went and got some whitefish from some of the smaller surrounding mm -hmm. lakes and using that as bait. Whereas, like, I didn't know that when I went out there. I mean, when I first started with my kid in COVID, you know, we were using hot dogs. Yep. You know, and that worked. Corn. Yeah. Yeah. And it worked for a little bit. And then you start realizing, like, okay, there's actually things made for this, you know. And so just going out with the guy, that's a really good, and people probably don't even know that, that there yeah. is ice fishing guys, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's, it seems like it's getting bigger. And I feel like ice fishing is probably one of the bigger growing sports up here be. now. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, because you think if you're going to get the fishing in the, in the, in the summertime, you have a really short, like red season, a really short silver season, but then ice fishing is probably the longest oh, yeah. season. You know? And you can harvest. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of put-and-take mm -hmm. fisheries. I mean, it's a good way, especially when salmon runs crash. It's like, all right, we can go catch rainbows here, or we can go get char here, or yeah. burbot. And most of the state does a really good job on keeping these hatchery lakes plentiful, especially for kids. I mean, we took 150 kids out ice fishing two years ago, and all of them caught fish. Had them in awesome. like Ziploc bags, taking them home oh, on the yeah. house. Oh, mom and dad love that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's, it's that stuff is that's great, but they it's a food source, you yeah. know, and yeah. it, it's something else we can lean on. And when right. a kid catches it, like you know, my kid is a pretty picky eater, but then when he started getting his fish and like he's like he wants to eat the fish that he caught, and I have right, to be telling right. him like, okay, well you're gonna eat. How many are you going to catch? Like, you're not going to need two of these. We're not going to put the other seven back. Right. You know what I mean? You're not going to, we're not bringing any of these. Your mom ain't eating this thing. I'll tell you that right now. You know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll eat two of these with you, but the rest, you know, put it back. You know, he wants to keep them all. I was like, no, 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 no. We'll keep a sizable one or two and we'll put it back. And to have him learn to, to clean it and cook it and, and eat it and just like, just a whole well, process. Yeah, that's that's part of the, the, I don't know what the word is, but. That I'm trying to think of, but that's part of the maturation of like the cycle of learning, and teaching them the whole, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah the, the whole process, thing, you know. And you learn take that what, take what you need, not what you can't. Like, yeah, the limit's thirty fish. Well, do I need thirty fish? No, I right. need ten. Right. right, you don't take what you need. You don't yeah, need to yeah. take all thirty and freezer burn twelve of them, throw them yeah. out next spring. Right, yeah. and I think you know? that's gained a little bit more, especially during the ice fishing season, whereas in the summertime. When it's dip netting, it's just straight yeah. blood bath because yeah. oh my family can have eighty five red, so yeah. I'm getting all eighty five, and then I can't imagine cleaning that. Oh my god, god. Well, we've talked about it a lot on the podcast. Yeah, like, and then next year you're like, oh man, I've got seventy five because <laughs> I only use ten. It's I gotta it's not a positive experience. No. to to 
you know, there's like a really big high of like, wow, it's boiling and we caught all these fish and pull up to the, you know, city dock in Kenai and you got your totes and then fish up to your shins in the boat like, oh, we killed it. Then you get out of the water and you're like, oh, fuck, dude. Yeah. Like. Already sore from holding the dip net. Like, just, I could tell I mean, you. And then you're like, you, you, know, you clean 20 and you still got 40 or 50 to go and you're like, well, this, now this sucks. Yeah. I go you know, with, with like, my buddy Joe and fun. his wife, and I'll go dip net with them and buy, like, the fifth fish. I already know what's up. And so I'll stop. Like, now I'm good. Yeah. And even then, when you go back and it's time to clean them, after, like, the second one, I'm already like, man, fuck this. Yeah. This was a stupid idea. <laughs> like, I hate this. Yeah, yeah I hate it. <laughs> Now it's, it's raining. Mainly it's just, yeah, it's raining. Because <laughs> yeah. every time you dip net, it rains. I don't care <laughs> Everything's what covered anybody in slime. says. Yeah. It's, yeah. Reds are the worst. I mean. I'm I'd g- rather rod and reel them just because it's more manageable. Three fish, no yeah. problem. Yeah. Like, had fun catching them. Six fish them. is yeah. even manageable. Yep. Or you go with a crew and you get 18 out of three or four guys. Right. Okay, we're all going to clean four or five fish each. That's manageable, right? Yeah. yeah. You pack them out. Yep. You know, you got enough room in the freezer to go back again. Yeah. If you want some more. Yep. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's. Well, and diversity in our freezers. I mean, our runs are different. You got your kings yeah. early, then you got your reds and your silvers, right? Generally, I like I like to keep a couple of uh, chums as well every year. I love the way they taste smoked if they're fresh. I mean, mm. it's good for you, they're man. They're phenomenal. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, it's just. And you get a lot of meat off of a, you get a, a ton. big dog, man. And they fight like crazy. They're actually one of the more underrated for sure. Sport fishing, salmon. Um, you never hear anybody be like, oh, I love catching dogs, man. Yeah. You know, I love catching chum. And it's like. I'm not a salmon you, eater, but yeah. I've caught plenty of chums, not on purpose, on accident. Mm-hmm. And I Powerful will fish. agree they are one of the hardest fighting oh, yeah. fish to enter that freshwater system yep. that you can hook into. And they're pretty plentiful if you get to the right. You know, oh yeah, fisheries. Yeah, where you're, maybe you're just catching and releasing them, but man, it, nothing gets old when you're just catching those slow lumbering, powerful tugging fish. You know, they're not yeah. real acrobatic and crazy, but they just battle. Not to mention, I mean, you get it at that right stage; mm-hmm. they're one of the coolest looking. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, fish. Gnarly, oh man. yeah, sure. Yeah, they're sick. Same yeah, with sockeye though. When they go zombie mode, their jaws doing oh, this. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And their like teeth are all yeah. in their face. Look, yeah, like but Shrek. nothing just beats that old tiger strike. Yep. Oh god, that's yeah, sick. they're pretty cool. Yeah, I think they're pretty hefty in size. I mean, you can get eighteen oh, yeah. pound. Yeah, you know, chum all day long. Yep, I think the state records up there in the twenty pound class. I mean, yeah. that's, that's not a slouch of a. No, not right at all. There. Not at all. You know, as I was um, researching for the show um, and thinking about your shop and, and the tackle shops around around Alaska, um, and we'll get into this more. We're going to take a break in a minute. But before we do, I just want to bring up the point that we are in a unique position where people can fish salt river lakes and ice fishing. Yeah. All in Whereas, the same year. All in the same year. Like you go, I mean, the Minnesota boys, they're, it's mostly lake and river. They're, they're not getting any ocean stuff going on. Where else is they're there the that, can, that can go yeah, and you can do thing. like all four things? Our, I think in the, the Lasser gets assimilated a lot with the Washington culture. Okay. But I don't mm-hmm. think they have the weather for safe ice all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the yeah. high alpine lakes, but yeah. short Pacific Northwest area, maybe. Yeah. 
maybe, but they don't have the drive. I mean, the, we get customers all the time. It's like, you guys going to do a suicide run? They're like, what are you talking about? You're driving two and a half right, hours, right. go fishing, and then get back and go to work. It's like, yeah. that's what we do. Yeah. It's yeah. summertime. It's time to go. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Small, short window. <laughs> that's a great perspective to think about that, though. I never really. Yeah, because I was looking at way. your guys' page, and I was like, man, these guys got to have stuff for ocean. They got to have stuff for rivers. They got to have stuff for lakes. And then you got to have stuff for ice fishing, Yep, which is, that's a lot, you know? And you think about something like Colorado, and I mean, they're limited up to only two. Yeah. You know? It was just right. something that I thought of. I was like, we're pretty unique point. in no, that place. Good, uh, yeah, and even in perspective. Yeah, and even like Canada, like, where they might have a couple spots, you know, BC. Well, yeah, area. they're not fishing the, high, the salt unless they're on the, end, on the edges, the right? two edges, yeah. yeah. And I don't see a lot of salt stuff come out of Canada. Mm. I don't know, maybe I'm just not tuned into that algorithm, but I, you just don't see like big uh, halibut and stuff. No, not in the BC area. I think they, there's a couple outfits out there that do. Yeah. Um, but I don't even know what's on the other side. Nova Scotia? Nova yeah, Scotia. Yeah, I would think I over think, there because they got it all too. Yeah. But I haven't seen much come out of, out of that area. Yeah, they probably, Nova Scotia would probably be the, the most relatable in terms of the four yeah. season. And the tide. <clears throat> and mm -hmm. the tide, yeah, right. But yep. they're probably yeah, running, the that's probably tides. like a tuna area running down the coast. I don't know, man. I don't know a lot about that side of the yeah, country. Maybe, yeah. What about like hmm. Maine? You know, Maine's pretty up there. They might have all Yeah, four. they probably have it at, at the right, Yeah, obviously of the salt. Um, but their but their winter window is probably pretty brief. Yeah, and I don't know their ocean currents because they got lobsters, right? Right. We don't yep. have lobsters, which is weird. Yeah. Right? yeah. We have huge shrimp, good crabs, but we don't have lobsters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they got like the stripers. Mm -hmm. Yep. The striper bass and and you know uh, tuna and all that stuff. But yeah, that's probably like yeah, maybe, maybe another relatable ish. Yeah. But they they don't have the long ice fishing season that we have. No. That starts really kind of like November 15th till April 15th. Yeah. yeah. Really? I mean, that's about really where ice fishing kind of Interior, you can go into June. I mean, honestly, oh, on that, some of the interior lakes oh, that's here. that's very here, true. Yeah. You get so deep. a long time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think only Canada can, can relate to that. Yeah. You know, on mm -hmm. that level. Yeah. Where we're at, yeah. We're in a prime spot, boys. Yeah. Fact. Real yeah. prime yeah. spot. Yeah. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Barney's Sports Chalet, supplying hunters and outdoor enthusiasts with the highest quality gear and equipment since they opened their doors in 1963. Barney's carries exclusive brands such as Alpaca Rafts, Sitka Sims, XO Mountain Gear, Hilleberg, and much more. Barney's prides themselves with keeping a huge stock on hand of various top-of-the-line tents, footwear, sleeping bags, optics, cross-country skis, just to name a few. Barney's is also the exclusive retailer of Montana Knives, Seek Outside, Kafaru, Stone Glacier, and their in-house brand, Frontier Gear of Alaska. Barney's has a superior selection of top-rated boots, sleeping bags, dry bags, mountaineering gear, electronics, and accessories. Need freeze-dried food or mountain snacks? They got that too. Barney's now has an amazing new paperback catalog available for in-store pickup or online order. Visit them today at barneysports.com, or even better, stop by the store in Anchorage at 906 West Northern Lights. If you want the best, there's only one name in the game, Barney's Sports Chalet. Alaska Mining and Diving Supply, located in Anchorage for 47 years. 
has expanded three stores. The main store, the largest Skidoo sled dealer in North America, also has Can-Am, Sea-Doo, Climb, Suzuki Outboards, Honda Outboards, Generators and Snowboards, Kingfisher Boats, and so much more. Alaska Motorsports and Equipment just next door, which was previously Anchorage Suzuki Arctic Cat. For all your Arctic Cat, Suzuki ATV, Asvarna, Generac, Mahindra Tractor, and now Argo Pro and Sasquatch needs. And to round it out, also next door, the brand new Alaska Mining Superstore. For the largest selection of recreational and light commercial mining equipment, anywhere, period. The Alaska chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. BHA is the voice of our Alaska public lands, waters, and wildlife. From national level policy work to engagement with boots on the ground projects from Kotzebue to Ketchikan. BHA performs public land cleanups, hunting and fishing clinics, and community education to help take your game to the next level. BHA's community-minded goal is to uphold our hunting and fishing legacy while keeping wild lands wild and fostering the next generation of sportsmen and women for years to come. Make sure to follow BHA Alaska for upcoming events, local brewery pint nights, and more. Stand up for Alaska public lands and waters by supporting the Alaska chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Join us today at backcountryhunters.org. The Treehouse AK, your one-stop dispensary located at 341 Boniface Parkway. When you pull up to the Treehouse, you'll notice the beautifully hand-drawn art by Alaska's own Ted Kim. Once you get inside, you're going to see many of the same people that have been there since they opened. The bud tenders know you and what you like and what new product you should be checking out. The store is super clean and the music's always on point. The Treehouse and local owner Josh Boots is a staple in the cannabis culture through his music, community givebacks, and a lifetime desire to bring the people of Alaska the best products available. The Treehouse always has at least 25 strains available, and they're all shown prominently deli-style in clear, openable jars so you can see and smell your options. Other products include edibles, concentrates, vape carts, pre-rolls, flour, dab rigs, and anything else you need, they got it. They also have some pretty sick merchandise for sale. Check out thetreehouseak.com, or better yet, stop by the Treehouse today and get started on their loyalty program. Remember, you must be 21 years of age to enter their store. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. Given how how close those areas are to the urban, I mean, that's almost like urban hunting. Yeah. So, you know, Irisdale is just a matter of time before that gets approved. Great opportunity for youth, man. You know, and disabled. I don't see why they, yeah, would limit that. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the roadkill for moose. It's terrible. It's like, man, that would be great to have some kids harvest that, take it home, be yeah. proud, yeah. Be a mentor. I agree. Yeah. There's not enough youth uh, hunting opportunities, and they always, you know, want to say, "Well, we need to get more people into hunting and more people right. into this." It's like, okay, well, that's your avenue to do it. Yeah. So open up these spots or these earlier dates for these kids to go out there with their family and go do it and. And like I said, once a kid gets one on his own and then the pride that they have when it's dinner time and they know that they're the one that provided this for their brothers and their sisters and their mom and dad. Yeah. I mean, there's no better feeling than that for the kid. Yep. And then you have a lifer, you know? Yeah. You have yeah. A What's lifer? the school yeah. out here that brings in a moose and they like do a class on it? I feel like EDFNG puts on like a game processing class with one of the schools out here that I always see in the news every now and then. I don't know if it's Eagle River or in Anchorage somewhere. I don't know, but they I'm should have sure. it at every school. That yeah, right. it was phenomenal. They teach them about the anatomy mm. of the animal and like go through the, how to cut it and like butcher style. So it's like oh, really? professional. Yeah, 
There's videos on YouTube and stuff. I think you yeah. can see it, but it was a local. I think it's the really? high school. Yeah, that's cool. I know they do a lot of the salmon in the schools, which is really really yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but they should do that. Where and they should they that? should offer that at more schools. It must be like a STEM school or a yeah. I think it's one of those STEM chartering schools. School. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah they bring in yeah. Like a moose. Yeah. Or caribou, I think I've seen in a yeah. years past. And yep. they, they go through the skinning process, the quartering process. Yeah, and they get killer feet. The kids love it. Yeah. The kids absolutely love it. Well, that should be a science elective. I mean, home yeah. ec. Oh, maybe King Career, sure. huh? King Career maybe is the place they do that. That might be it. Oh, King Tech? Yeah, something Could like be. that. Could be. Yeah. Well, they should offer it at a lot more schools. Well, yeah. All they got to do is take the road kill. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Doesn't cost um, them anything. Like, yeah. Well, great program. And if you're, you know, you're talking about hunting education, harvesting education. I mean, it's all being um, independent and resourceful with a resource that we have, not being so dependent on, you know, cattle and yeah. chickens and pigs and all that. Um, kind of back to your point with the if there were more opportunities, because I'm just getting ready to finalize my draw and I'm putting some permits in for my 15 year old daughter. And I'm just doing like these two moose, moose permits. I'm like, man, this is kind of bullshit. There's yeah. only two. There's, there's the only, moose and that caribou. Two. I mean, I can put her in for the other draws, not youth and get her more opportunities to draw, but the actual specific youth, like the youth permit thing is really cool because up until the point where my kid drew her first one, she hadn't done a hunter's education course. It's required. Right. 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 So we got her the permit. And then in order to go hunt it, we had to get her a hunter's education. And we went and did her class. And I'm like, well, shit, I need one of these, man. Like, yeah. Everybody should do this. My point is, is that if you had more youth draw hunt opportunities, you would have more children's names getting thrown into the hat drawing more permits, therefore requiring them to go to more hunter's education courses, mm. expanding that hook, line, and sinker of turning kids toward hunting by getting them started with a hunter's education course. It's great. It's right. kind of corny, but it's really informative, and it's really important, and you you will take something from it. Yeah, because you're not going to send your kid on his own. You know, right, you're going right. to go with them. Yeah, yeah most of the time. Most of the time. Right. And, and again, my point is that you're going to introduce more children and youth to the sport through that. Yeah. There needs to be a pathway for it. There, I've seen mm-hmm. the state grow that with women. Like yeah. there's that, be, what is it, Beyond Outdoors or Bow, where they educate women on like different aspects of the outdoors. And like, because they come up here and they're like, well, my husband's up on the slope. I got to go get the moose this year. So mm-hmm. they've invented programs to help these women foster in ways of going yeah. out and doing this, that whole you know? yeah, bow hunting deal. course. Yeah. Yep. That's catered specifically to women. Yeah. And they have a lot of women's like uh, shooting classes and just only women. I think it's great. Like, yeah. But there, yeah, you're right. There is nothing for kids, so to speak. No. Well, it's it, becoming an outdoors woman. Is that what yeah. it is? Yeah. Okay. That's what it is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I think that uh, having that, whether it's a moose or a caribou or a bison that was killed illegally, whatever, and you bring it certain parts into the classroom and the kids dissect it and skin it the whole nine. I mean, think of that level of what you're teaching them right there. Yeah. Of how to properly do it, you're creating that much, you're teaching them, and that's creating that much less waste out in the field. 
Totally. Because think of how much waste there is right now. Like we all see these carcasses on the side of the road. Like people throw their their scraps out there. Yeah. And connection and you, to the land. Right. And you right? drive by and you're mm-hmm. like, man, look at all that meat on that bone right there still. Yeah. You no, know, I don't need meat on the bone. Yeah, I'm gonna give me a slice out of that. Yeah. <laughs> I see it still, you know? Like <laughs> he was over there just sweating as I'm just carving up my tomahawk steak <laughs> last night. <laughs> Eye twitching. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I want to I want to circle back and t- and finish up the ice fishing uh, talk real quick since it's yeah. you know this this episode is going to come out in January I want to say the end of December January so it's like prime time um, we did talk about the ice houses I want maybe you can explain a little bit on the adva- the advancements of the ice houses that we're seeing now um, as far as insulation and all that and also the technique of do you shovel the snow do you pack it down like what is the proper way to set up the ice house so there's there's facebook pages on it obviously on all this stuff but people are getting give a hillbilly an idea and he's gonna figure (laughs) out ways to do something (laughs) so there's there's ways like so they call them hub systems right those are pretty much anything that's collapsible okay right but they're getting so big and so heavy that guys are figuring out ways to like store them. So they're making platforms of sleds. So each ice house, I guess the long of the short requires different type of maintenance. If it's a cloth material. You got to keep it way above. So you're going to pack insulation around it. Okay. Like we were talking those fancy ice houses, which are basically a motor home that you're towing around heavier weight. So you need a machine to be able to move it. There's a couple of boys up at Lake Louise that got some massive, massive ice castles mm. and Ice they pull them out Damn. with tracked Argos and two Scandic Wides for one of them. I mean, it's a massive oh, wow. project. But then all year, as that overflow happens, with either reports from a responsible lodge or guides, they're going to be like, hey, dude, it's getting wet over there. You got to get over there and just lift it. And essentially, they're shimming it, and hopefully with like a non-treated wood, something that if it were to go into the lake okay. in the springtime isn't going to affect any of the conditions of the water. Yeah. Um, so you just got to be on top of it, and our lakes are so dynamic, they change. So you've you've got to have those weekends open. It's kind of like what we were talking about with the sockeye suicide run. I mean, if your buddy calls you Friday and he's like, it's flooded on Louise, you need to go move your stuff, mm. your plans are canceled. Yeah, You got to mm-hmm. get up there because it could drop to 20 below, and then everything's frozen oh, in, it's done. Yeah. and you're not getting anything out. So. What about the average person that's sh- taking a uh, regular, you know, clam or Eskimo one to one of the lakes around, let's just say uh, Finger Lake or something like that, and there's just snowed a bunch. Do you want to shovel that down to the ice before you put that down there, or do you want to leave some of that snow on top? So if I have kids, I leave the snow in, at least in areas so where if water comes out from you augering your holes or that, they're not getting soaking wet while uh, they're okay. inside. Mm. Um, if it's me and the boys, we got chairs to sit on or me and the wife or whatever, then I'll get it completely cleared off. So we've got a clean place to set up a table, kind of make it a home away from home, if you will, nice and comfortable. Um, I will caution people though, that are getting into the industry. When you're looking at these tents, they're qualified as like a quick three. It does not fit three people. It's tight with two. I mean, the amount of gear you have on wanting to be able to store your stuff, hang stuff up. I mean, yeah, you really need more space, you know. By the time you get a nice hole in front of you, and we're allowed two lines in most lakes here. Okay. Um, so you've got two holes there. Your partner's got two holes there. You need more space than you'd think. It's almost the same as, like, you would a camping tent. Like, you say it's a six-man, yep. really it's a three-man. Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. I don't know where they come up with those numbers, but it never seems to be that accurate. Yeah. yeah we nope. did three men in a three-man. 
Yeah, it was really but tight. You got to go like, <laughs> you got to go like, you know, your tripod stools are, you know, back to back to back. Yep. Yeah, it's and rough. And everybody's got a hole, and then that other corner's like where you're stuffing all your shit, and then now you better not get up and move. Right. Like, stay seated the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then the rod length, right? Because they make yeah, it. I mean, it's it so. It just doesn't, it doesn't work out right. Yeah. Most ice rods are 26 to 36 inches, so when you're holding it, you got a picture. You need that much space to adequately maneuver the rod. Yeah. So there's just, the, I would say the biggest advancements isn't in shelters. It's in augers. Okay. That was going to be my next question. Cause augers, I see a lot yeah. of movement towards like electric auger. Um, I got one of the old, um, uh, shark Mako 10 or something like that gas. I mean, I just love to rip that thing. Bro, it's 2023, dog. I know, I know. Those things are G's, though, man. Yeah. I mean, that thing, man, I have no worries that thing's going to start up and drill a hole, no problem. Me neither. I worry about the electric ones like dying, like the battery and all that stuff. Has it come a long way, those? Not the batteries. Um, so like these diehard guys, myself, when we go out, usually a lunch pail with some hand warmers in it. And you got to be really mm. vigilant about taking your batteries out and insulating them, especially okay. when the temps are cold. Yeah. Mm. Um, advantage is I can set my whole tent up and drill inside of it, and I'm not going to die of CO2 poisoning from gas. Yeah, um, you're not just smoking it yeah. out. Right. So, Versus, like, set your ice house down. Okay, I want a hole here, hole here. Chip it. Take the ice house off. Yep. Drill your holes and put the ice house back on, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't got to do that. that with the electric. Yeah. Right. And right. they're cutting right way there. faster. I mean, the technology is just there. Yeah. Um, and one of the guys that works at the shop, Leaf, he's huge on these pistol bits. Mm -hmm. So everybody up here has got a DeWalt or two with batteries or whatever that company's brand is, but they've got some sort of a brushless drill. Now you can use that to auger through ice. Oh, so, so you don't even have to buy the actual huge thing. They're 900 bucks, man. Yeah. I've got a, I, I used to have a uh, Z71, that Eskimo 10-inch mm -hmm. auger. And it got to a point where those, it's a weight. Yep. Along oh, with yeah, the other that's, big that's heavy, dude. I had a big six man 949i, I think it was. Mm -hmm. So the weight of that tent was like 85 pounds plus that heavy ass auger. Extra gas. Right. Chairs, rods. So the, the tent went because it was so damn heavy. Mm -hmm. And it's a six man tent. But I get mad when there's two people in there because I need two holes. Plus, I need a hole for the camera. Yep. Right? So you run out of space, mm. plus all my gear. But then I have that heavy-ass auger, and it gets tiring lugging that thing around, especially when you're punching a million holes. Oh, yeah. Now, you'll run out of breath quick. Yeah. Oh, man. It's yeah. a workout. Oh, it's yeah. a workout from hell. You get hell. sweating. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yes. Muscling those damn things. <laughs> well, you brought up the camera that thing. pistol bit. Oh, yeah. let's talk about life. that because i've seen like it's gone from whatever you call that circle thing to now you legit have a camera oh yeah under the water on the screen have they come out with something that where it's going to your phone yet yeah they have i would say more people are moving to these fish finding cameras it's like a side scan technology okay so it's basically a live image that portrays this live scope and Lawrence has one but garmin's is probably the most popular as far as our customer base goes that's three grand. Oh, jeez! But this thing shows you, like, your lure, the fish. It comes up. You can see it open its mouth, turn away. I mean, the the old style of cameras, I've heard pros and cons on. Mm -hmm. can spook fish. Sometimes fish mm. attack it. You okay. Know, sometimes, it, you know, you just get stuck watching the TV versus paying attention to try and maybe I should try something else. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
but they're still pretty spendy. Uh, yeah, most of the the equipment now. I mean, I would say all in if you wanted to go guide style on a setup, mm. not including a machine, is five grand. Mm. You know, easy. Yeah. You know, you're three thousand into a sonar, eight hundred into an auger. The batteries are two hundred bucks a pop because they're yeah. lithium ion, and for yeah. us, they come up on the slow boat, so it takes months to get them, and mm. then once they're in stores, they're gone. Yeah. So it's it's a challenge up here for as long of a sport as it is. But now people are like, you know, if it's two people and they're going to Big Lake, you're seeing more and more to where they're mobilizing a snow machine, ditching the tent, ditching the heaters, starting to be way more mobile, wearing better clothing because the clothing has taken off to another level. Mm -hmm. So now people are able to stay cool when they need to and warm when they need to. So they're running and gunning all day. And so that's that's what I've found to be better. Like for me, um, if I'm not with people that need to be warm, like my tent right now is in, in my shed. Yeah. And I've got so much snow at the house, I'm not even going to go out there to try to get it. And so I will stay at, I'll stay on the sled. Yeah. And it will run and gun. And the camera system will be set up on the sled, punch some holes, and I'll sit on the sled as my chair. Yeah. And fish right off of the side of it and watch the camera when I need to. Adrian, put that mic closer there. And, and when it's time to move, I jump up and, and pull my stuff up and, and roll out. Yeah. So they have that uh, still cold open tournament right out on Big Lake. I think it's like 50 teams, 100 people total. Um, those guys, the guys that are winning, are drilling 150, 200 holes a day. Whoa. Getting after oh, it. So you're not sitting in one spot and hoping? No. They're well, moving, moving a lot. Um and then going back to those days where you're getting skunked out on the lake, it can go as small, like you're seeing more and more research to the moon cycles. So it's it's oh, changing wow. a lot of like, people are starting to learn more about, it's just like hunting, man. Yeah. I mean, you're learning more about the environment. Like lakes don't have tides, but they got to feel the weight of that moon, right? So I had an old timer tell me that when it, the pressure's high, it pushes down so much on the fish's stomach that it's not hungry. So you're looking for fish that aggressively strike lures. When the pressure's low, then their their belly feels empty, so they're eating all the time. And so, wow. and then they prepare on both sides of that swing for either way. So I don't know if there's any scientist. So we need a shaman right now. You need, you need a shaman. <laughs> Damn. And if it's coming from an old timer, it's got to be right. It's, it's got to right, be right. 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 That's I like mean, that. 100%. Just some Navajo Joe shit. Like, that, yeah, is, yeah. that is definitely believable. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, there's a lot of guy in this state. I'm sure it's in other places, but I've traveled all over, man. And in this state, the stories you hear from the old timers and their experiences and what they did. There is no internet. There was no news. Like Ugh. some of these guys, I had a 90 year old guy come in that used to walk to Willow from Palmer back in the colony days to get <sighs> fishing hooks. And then he'd go up to red shirt Lake and catch giant bourbon out of there to feed his family. Walk the railroad bed. Nope. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't nope. live, man. <laughs> I'll be hungry. Take you days. To I will do that. be hungry. Just different wow. type of people then, man. It was just like, <sighs> look at the Hatcher pass stuff. Those guys all went up there. I mean, and ladies too. You know, it was everybody just to make a go at life. Yeah. I mean, you, that's tougher than nails in that my book. had to be oh, the man. hardest oh, shit. Yeah. We're so weak yeah. now. Dude, I yeah. cried. I'd have been like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. I got a blister, man. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like walking up in cotton shoes. <laughs> oh, that's oh, funny. Oh, shit. Um, nails for sure. 
I think that covered the ice fishing. Oh, so the tournament. Okay, we st- we talked about that tournament. Is there any other tournaments around? Is there like Lake Louise tournament or anything? No, they they tried doing that. Um, the hard part with with Big Lake, and that that tournament is very unique. Um, and then Lake Louise is their native fisheries, meaning that they don't the state doesn't do anything to enhance the population of fish that's in there. Okay. So the minute you add that additional pressure on top of normal angling hours, you run into a a curve on what that lake can handle. Okay. Um, one thing that was really cool this year is uh, Colton Connors, a good friend of mine, he owns Drifters Paradise. He's also a teacher at the high school at Wasilla High. And we got invited to join hands with him. And what we started is the first Alaska fishing club. So Wasilla High School is now has a fishing club. So we're built in the process of building 50 rods with those kids. They'll be outfitted with that for free. They'll have reels in line for free and they'll have three tournament days. The goal of this is to get kind of a valley sport organized so these kids, because in Minnesota, these guys go to college, yeah. right? Fishermen go to college there sure. for bass fishing. Yeah. And it's like, winter makes sense for to us here. Pro, yeah. And let's let's get this a varsity sport in our state. Like, there's not so enough cool. stuff for kids to do here. 100%. You know? So let's 100%. get them out fishing. That's like, that's been the shop's motto for years. We do a bunch with uh, different programs in the valley. Um there's Trailside Discovery Camp. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the other one? Um, up, upward and oh, I forget it, but it's upward, upward and onward. Upward and onward. Yeah. Thank you. That's yeah. another one that we've done stuff with, and then we just volunteer to take kids out ice fishing all the time for free, no charge, just to get them out. And it's cool to always survey them beforehand, and then after, like you get in the classroom with them, talk about fishing, and then you're like, hey, how many of you guys have? ice fish before and maybe half the class raises their hand and out of that how many of you guys have actually caught a fish and then there's half so if we're lucky enough to go out and do a hundred percent harvest it's like dude those kids will never forget that yeah and like you were saying earlier i think this is hilarious but a kid won't eat a fish the minute they catch it they're, they're 100%. oh they want to keep it dude. <laughs> yep. they want they're not putting it back they don't want to put it back man facts yeah Ain't no facts. other kid in the family touched it but that one is sucking the bones off i can't yep. do it man yep is but, it there a uh, a pike thing out in Willow? Yeah, there's you guys, a, there, I don't know if it was you, but it didn't somebody start a pike yeah, yeah, tournament or something like that in the wintertime? There's a lot of those guys. There's some ad hoc tournaments that pop up with work oh, groups okay, at okay. different places, and then they actually have some organized ones out there as well. What'd you say, ad hoc? Um, yeah, just like a bunch of guys throwing together a oh, tournament okay. to go out somewhere and either beneficial or maybe it's like a bet in the in the house but they'll invite anybody to come out okay um it used to be a lot more out there because they used to do like poker runs like lake louise does mm-hmm. um where you kind of go around and in the meantime those guys would be ice fishing and catching big pike that are out in those systems um it's just such a big state i mean there's so many places to go and right right sometimes there's a little bit of drama surrounded about how many guides are ice fishing or, and how many guides are freshwater fishing but man zoom out yeah and look at this state there's so much water man so much water and most of it's untouched yeah yeah i really want to go Access get one of those uh one of those she fish up there oh, in, like, yes. in uh, kotzebue yep. or something like kotzebue. that yes what i'm after yeah man, those things are massive and just beautiful like oh and i heard they taste good too yeah, Let's do well, it, they're catching man. them through the ice with the crabbing too. You seen that where they're oh. like dropping crab pots up? On I've the- seen some videos on. I've seen uh, that. Dude, that yeah. is Instagram. So yeah. yeah, yeah, that's pretty sick, man. Yeah. So how's that? They trap them in there. Yeah, 
You yep, drop a pot during the day. I think it's like 30 feet deep from the people I've talked to that have done it. And then they leave them soak while they're catching these 60 pound she fish. Oh, that's amazing. It'd be rad to go do that. Man. <laughs> Pulling some tanners out too. Yeah. Well, that's um, pretty cool. Oh, we talked about, um, before we wrap up the ice fishing stuff. Um, and I saw on your guys's, uh, page, you saw the, um, the blue ice saws yeah and stuff like that because we were talking about doing like some you know some fun like maybe archery you oh, know yeah. fishing or spear stuff like that have you ever done anything like that not up in this state leaf's kind of our uh, pike spear and nerd okay um, he's really enhanced <laughs> enhanced the sport he goes out and deals with all of it and he's like you have to have this saw i've tried them all and like we get amish built spears out of the midwest mm -hmm. but where i grew up in michigan they used to do lotteries for sturgeon spearing and it's like called Black mm. Lake. So you could go out and like they, this fishing game would set it up and you'd go into this thing if you drew the lottery and you could go out and use decoys. Very similar to the way you do it for pike. Yeah. Um, there's been two sports up here. I've noticed just a ton of growth in, and it's been pike spearing in the winter and bow shooting in the summer. Yeah. And then that surf fishing down on the peninsula for halibut off the beach. I mean, just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I, that's unbelievable growth. <sighs> and it's like that, the, that one I'm weary on. On the on the or surf yeah. fishing, I, I, I want to do. I, I have all the gear, you know. Like yeah, I'm ready to go do it. But I think fishing game is about to come in and yeah, I don't know and whack that. Oh, I seen someone get in trouble during uh, last memorial. I think that's out there. Get someone hit was someone was surf fishing. And I guess they didn't. It was they weren't supposed to. I don't know what. There, it was. Yeah, there's boundaries down there. License or something. Well, there's also environmental issues. Like you guys have seen those bluffs down there. Right. So if it's a king tide and it's pushing that water, now you got trucks sitting on the beach. Right. Right. Um, the guy that's down there, his name is Randy, and he's running um, Compassion through fishing. Awesome dude. Like mm. super solid. He has a tournament down there he hosts every year. Mm -hmm. And in order to enter the tournament, you have to come to him with bags of trash from the beach. Oh, that's cool. Oh, like one of cool. his entry fees. So he's super like community oriented. He gets some negative feedback as you do with any new idea. But I think his methods and his delivery is is really well done. He's he spent a ton of time with us, um, kind of dialing us in on what it looks like, where to go. And he's the one who's like, watch the bluffs, man. Because a lot of people, if they want to go out and your wife gets seasick or your kids are too young. Oh, very true. Go set up on the fire, make a big fire on the beach, you know, cast some rods out and just have a great Alaska night. I mean, you can't yeah. drink some beers and hang out. Yeah. Kids, I mean, it's huge in Hawaii. You go to Hawaii, you yeah. see those guys doing, oh, that's yeah. like a yeah. whole thing out no, there. No, I'm with you. Yeah. It's, I don't know what they're going to do. I you mean, know, people are out having a good time. I don't think they ever expected it to get this big. Right. That's yeah. why I think... I think they're going to come in and put some sort of regulation. Well, is it, is, I mean, can you find the information in the, like the regs? Yeah. Oh, you can. But you've read the regs, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, not saying it, but I'm going to say it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty convoluted. And unfortunately, like the history of this state, you put a sign up, it's going to get shot. So yeah. unless they're redoing it, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like keeping <laughs> that information fun. up. But that was yeah. another big push for our stuff up in the Valley was like getting more groups involved in helping to maintain that. So it's not just on the state. So yeah. one of the, like Eagle Scouts, you know, they're looking for projects to do mm. to get their, their stuff, like get them involved, like go up there and drive up, put signs up. Like, obviously it'll all be ADF and G approved. You can't just write no fishing, but right, right. You know, you put the regs up there. The Russian does a great job of it, but you're talking about a massive influx of people, right? Yeah, sure. you know, right. so it justifies the efforts. Right. Yeah, at all those access points, they should have some some fresh signs yeah. every year. 
you know, because sometimes you'll be in like, oh, this sign looks like it's from like 99. Yeah. Is this 100%. still, is this still Are you going like, to take it seriously? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's enough groups out here that the state wouldn't even have to burden the cost of that. No. At all. No, no. And ADF and G it just has to say it just navigates yes, the logistics. The, the wording exactly. is correct. Mm-hmm. We're good with that. Put it up for yeah. us. Yeah. And, and it's their regs. Right. I mean, they're the ones issuing. The the hard part with this state is in my opinion has always been not just understanding the the Bible of regulation, but it's the EOs that people don't understand that like mm-hmm. and that goes both ways. They liberalize it or they say we're taking it all away. And for our listeners, EOs are the emergency orders, correct? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So that's like sockeyes typically will start on the Kenai at three. <coughs> right? We get a mm-hmm. boomer year. They're gonna go six, nine, nine twelve, yeah. and then mm-hmm. that's daily ratio. But all of a sudden in the middle of that run, it could crash. So then it allows them the ability to say, Okay, we're reducing it back down to three. And that's done on those emergency orders, and they go both ways. But unless you're familiar with that, it's difficult. It's listed in the regs that you need to be aware of them, but not a lot of people know how to navigate it. Yeah, they should almost have like a hotline. You know, we're like, the hotline in the valley. I'll tell you that. You I, are, I bet oh, yeah. you we funnel fifty calls every day in the summer. Oh, okay. Just off. They know of you guys are up to it. Or at that access point, there yep. should be some sort of whether that's posted or call this notify eo came out yeah whatever or at the russian when you because you got to go past that booth yep hey here's the eo or it's been reduced to three or reduced to six we had two customers poach kings honestly this year brought Mm -hmm. them in showed us to us it was like you can't do that kind of sh- sh- go oh, and eat them they were, they the were deal, pumped, you know? like look what we caught too, super proud uh-huh. they read the regs and in the regs you can go up to willow creek and you can go catch a king by eo for the last i don't know 10 years it's been closed mm. well you come up from out of state you're not really familiar with the regs you're overwhelmed by reading them yeah they used to have the booth at willow it's no longer manned so they oh, rely yeah. they re- rely on that campground host who's busy keeping riffraff and yeah doing his sure, jobs sure, you know right. so yeah, yeah. without that you you know, those guys are going down there and they had planned this trip and they went down there and they're like, there's no one else down here. This is <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got this whole thing to ourselves. No way. Yeah. <laughs> but if you think about that example specifically, that is a prime example of for the last 10 years, that's been under an EO and it's been yeah. shut down. So why even have it in the regs? That's a really that you good can question. go and catch kings. Yeah, write the damn thing in the regs. Like, yeah, just put hey, closed. It's closed. <laughs> Let the emergency order be opening it. Yeah. Let the EO be the opposite. Mm. Yeah, but you know. From my understanding, this yeah. creek is could closed to all king salmon. If it's fishery. redacted out of the regs, then that restricts the commercial fishery. Okay. Mm. Okay, so there's, and I could be completely dun, dun, wrong dun, there. Dun. And please, like, I'm, I'm don't, by no don't means quote. that the gospel, but. That's my understanding, and I spend a lot of time in those books, and I've asked that question several times, because how hard is it to go delete right in the book? And then the other animal in the room they're not talking about is how much extra pressure with the loss in salmon is going on these native trout fisheries. You know, Willow Creek all the way up is not stocked. Well, we've sold more trout rods and more grayling rods in the last 10 years than we have ever and it's all because anglers are going to go out and enjoy the outdoors. Can't yeah. target this fish, going to target this gonna one. Going to go after something yes. else. Yeah. So that's where we have to think more con- conservative. It's like 
what we were talking about. And you got to have these kids involved in this because the parents grew up one way and now these kids are not even aware of the resource they lost and don't have. So by that education through classroom programs or through your local tackle shops or your big tackle shops, you know, that's where these kids are going to find themselves connecting more with the land and resource, which is no, what we're all supposed to do. has to be local. Yeah, I agree, man. Mm-hmm. 100%. I'm biased, though. Because. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you're right. You made a good point about that because now that you can't catch the kings or maybe the run is low, then you're, you're still going to fish that river. You've been going there. You're just going to now target the trout and target the grayling. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see the same thing that happened with, like, you know, the Unit 13 caribou. Now that you can't go Unit 13, you're going to go to 40 mile. And next yep. thing you know, what's going to happen there? Exactly. You know, you have double the people going up there in a few years. Then what? Yeah. I mean, look at the Steve's Highway, for example. Oh, yeah. It's a shit show. Yeah. Like. Yeah, it's like the new the whole state's it's like the there. new Eureka. You know, yeah, you exactly. Eureka fifteen years ago was a war zone. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, opening day, just watch out. Yeah, you go to Steeps now, you gotta contemplate. Do I wanna get this caribou or I wanna get shot? Yeah. Because that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> One of the two is gonna happen, you know? Like so, so many people up there. Bullets everywhere. And I, I don't so I'd I'd released a statement earlier this year on our social media page, which I got good and bad reviews from based off of when fishing game decided to reduce our coho salmon and they weren't around it was a good call to make but i started getting really fired up so i started participating in a lot of meetings doing my own research <coughs> talking to a lot of customers like showing up to the actual yeah i went to kodiak yeah okay. just to hear what they had to say one of them was on bycatch <coughs> and what i learned is like it's it's not necessarily the managers or the people and that are hired by the state the system's broken and it's not just the fisheries that we've been talking hunting. I mean, look at how that cycle affects everything. And I know guys that have left the fishing game because they're, they're younger and they're trying to drive changes to happen and they, they tend to bottom out. And I know it's, it's not political because you can't blame it on this governor. It's a 10 year issue. And every mm-hmm. time a new governor is elected, the top brass gets removed, you know? So the fish lose. You know that or the or the wildlife lose i mean that information is not being passed on or stewarded correctly by the system so to correct my previous statements i just think we need to rethink the state there are way more many there's way too many people (laughs) a lot of people hunting and fishing here that don't have ethics and that can be taught it doesn't need to be bashed it can be totally taught starting in classrooms and then at home but some kids don't have a home right so that's where us on the river look at a kid instead of yelling at him going what are you doing dude like go over there and go what are you doing man you fishing like you know you can't use that hook here hey dude let me rig you up and you'll catch some fish like that's where that that courteous step takes place and then that kid is like oh i remember that dude man he hooked me up with an egg sucking leech and i crushed it all days and my buddies didn't yep so teaching them that or dragging fish up on the bank you know there's fine tuning that's not hard to do yeah. it just requires a step in that direction and i i just i struggle with trying to believe that the state's going to do that in a timely manner when all you hear is like oh we're going to address that we need a little bit more data we need we need more research it's like we'll just call anybody who knew the king situation on the parks highway 10 15 years ago yeah mm-hmm. and look at it now i mean and now we're getting to a point where you got to make the decision on if you're going to regulate harder and start closing fisheries like severely where every user group is going to have to pay the price or you're going to have to enhance it 
And our king stock's getting so depleted that they're not going to have stock to take from when they're ready to do it. So they're going to have to bring out-of-state fish to repopulate ours, which is common in other states. And I hope we don't get there. I think we're – salmon are resilient, man. Look at yeah. what they go through. Mm-hmm. Their life oh, yeah. cycles like yeah, freaking superhero. Yeah, yeah, and they can, the and they can come River back. is a prime example. Yeah. We mm-hmm. were talking to Eric about that, yeah. Mm-hmm. They put a little bit of water back in there and – Boom. Yeah, all of a sudden, the fish yeah. did. Yeah, life, they, did, they life didn't did stock it, but all of a sudden, yeah, they're seeing fish just yeah. return out of nowhere. They're resilient, man. They're tough. Old bloodlines. Yep. yep. Yeah. yeah. There's still a couple out there. Right. Yeah, that that is a very um, sensitive subject. Totally. You know, we touched on it before the pod tonight. Um, the king thing is, it's, it's really heartbreaking um, when you think about, like, you know, Daniel mentioned a little earlier, you know, walking down the, the shit trail, driving the shitty road off the Parks Highway down to the Willow yep. and elbow to elbow. And, you know, you can just go down there and you pull a 50-pounder out of there on the regular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and, that's, and every one of those streams was the same. It was just you didn't oh, want to drive sure. farther than Willow because why? Yeah. yeah. It was loaded with fish. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So and it's your like, grandpa's grandpa's grandpa caught them yep. there every time back yep. in the day. And I think there's natural cycles, too. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's some of this stuff where there's that predator-prey curve. Sure. Where a species is going to change. The Kodiak meeting was really interesting because it was really focused about bycatch. And they had mentioned a lot about the climate change in the ocean, right? The ocean temperature is changing, which however you want to look at it, the, the water temperature is going up. Could be cyclic, could be man-made, whatever. That's not opinion. That's fact. That's it is. research it's changing. and data and science that proves that. It is. Mm-hmm. And what that's also doing is changing these ocean currents. Yes. So mm-hmm. fish are having these different patterns, and they have different patterns of behavior. And there was this whole hour presentation on the tanner crab molting cycle being extended because of the warmer water. So it was like all these little nuances you see in there that affect the greater thing the molting cycle is that breeding or like yeah uh, it's like when the, i don't know if they do it when they're breeding or just before oh, i don't okay. know enough about the crab life oh, cycle i was just curious i never heard they, that they but, change uh, their shells you know they bow, oh, oh, okay they gotcha. out of them okay. essentially all right so and that happens annually okay and so their concern was like again going to that meeting i wanted to burn every trawler's boat to the ground um coming out of that meeting much more educated there are Trawlers have given the local trawlers a bad name. And we'll, there's one easy change. Stop buying fish fillet sandwiches. I mean, oh. that's the Pollock industry. Right. Is the McDonald's driver. And I'm, I'm not throwing them under the bus. It's oh, a demand that, for a product. But sure. the way of catching that fish is. I love those weird ass fish sandwiches, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> and it's good. Well, yeah. Can you explain the definition of bycatch? Because we probably have a lot of listeners that we have a lot of listeners that aren't from Alaska. Yeah. Okay. That maybe don't understand what that means and what it is. And I do want to jump into this topic. Yeah. um, I can down and dirty is when you're targeting something and something else is caught. The fishing method used majority of the time with trawling is a giant net. Right. And I, I don't know the exact dimensions that the feds put out, but if you look up on Noah's website, or um, the other one is the Northern Pacific Fishery Management Council. And they're the ones responsible for kind of the salmon steelhead management of it and allowing the commercial harvest of that, from what I understand. And then you have the NOAA aspect, which kind of sets standards outside of our waterways, right? Because fish and game, if I'm not mistaken, only manages three miles away from a shoreline. Mm-hmm. After that, it becomes fed water. Yep. Right. So... The bycatch is an allotment that each trowel vessel, based on its size and the amount of 
biomass it's allowed to take from the ocean is allotted right so and these guys are netting up killer whales i mean mm. so i went in there upset right because the, these are huge companies multi multi-millionaire com- billionaire companies but there was this other guy there and he had a scottish accent and i should have gotten the guy's name very well spoken kodiak boy um came from scotland been a fisherman there really cares about the resource and kind of enlightened me on like not all troweling is bad responsible troweling and, and good harvest measures can be attained with that method of fishing um but the big dogs drop a net and go and then the other industry you have an issue with is foreign companies and i'm not picking on other countries i'm just saying they don't play by our rules yeah, yeah. so our fisheries are set to a standard but other countries are not and so let's say you're going out there to harvest pollock and you drop your nets and you come up with, I don't know, 15,000 king salmon. They have 95% mortality on those salmon once they're on the boat. So they're dead already. They're not allowed to keep them, but they have to annotate that they caught them. That's done through an observer. Not every boat has to have an observer. So it's just hopefully you're being honest. Or an honest one, exactly. even if they are an observer. Exactly. And How I much is getting paid what they by do. the trawling company, right? Or getting beat up if he doesn't, yeah. right? Because that's or life threatened or whatever. You're on a it is. boat with some twenty salty sailors. Sure, it gets dirty. Wait, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they scoop all that stuff and put it into the ocean. It does not go to anywhere. It doesn't feed homeless. It doesn't do the just and, waste. Yeah, and it was interesting because the commissioner brought up a good point. They don't want to incentivize it. So if they do say bring all your stuff in, well, then what's to stop them from over harvesting anyways? So it's this really, really fine line right now, and I can't imagine what the state's trying to do to deal with it. But imagine a combine. You know, the, the fields where I grew up in the Midwest, they used to turn over every year. They tilled them, deep-tilled them, and then they plant corn one year, wheat one year, soybeans the next year to keep right. the nutrients going. Right. In the ocean, it's much different. These guys go out with a giant combine. They're doing the same thing. Well, years into farming, they found out the no-till practice is so much more healthier for the soil, just direct plant. So it's, they're starting to see the pollock are getting smaller. The amount they're harvesting and the biomasses are smaller. ADF&G does a good job of releasing that data as well as the feds, but they're not stopping it. And so and now what we see is like enhancement, right? There's, a, there's 30 different hatcheries in the state. 11 of them are state-owned, 15 of them are nonprofit ran. And then out of that, I think it's something like 35% of those fish go to an area that's just basically for like commercial use been to Valdez and seen the pink run mm-hmm. like yeah. that's and so they they spend more they spend more time on raising pinks than they do other fish because their life cycle's shorter they only have to go through one winter in the tank versus a couple of years with kings or whatever sure. before they're ready to be released yeah. right they're getting it down to a science um the one the one thing that's the problem is we have all of these artificial numbers man coming from people that are supposedly being honest with us and we're seeing it guys i mean it's not honest you know so they're talking about this i think it's the eez zone in the cook inlet so three miles there's this giant wedge you can look up online and it's like a peninsula running down the middle of our inlet that'll be federally managed it'll be adf and g's responsibility to enforce management but the the feds are going to set the standard and the fed standard typically runs on maximum uh harvest so that's what's hard is like your quota is a million fish you can fish until you get a million fish doesn't matter what the run's doing the end of the year if you only got nine hundred thousand, that's the end of the season 
doesn't mean that it was a bad run. just means that you didn't hit your quota. There, there's not a lot of in-field interpretation during the season, which I feel our fishing game tries to do as best they can with the funding they allotted, mm. if that makes sense. It's all money. Yeah, I mean, t- they got to have money to to be able to enforce and do this stuff and follow yeah. it. And I mean, it's yeah. all about money in the end. Yeah, you know, it's I'm looking at... trawling is about, right? Yeah, I'm looking at these pictures here, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'll That's be crazy. the first one to admit it. Um, I always knew bycatch existed, right? Yep. I didn't really pay attention to it until you and I chatted. Yep. And then I started following you on the, the bycatch page, right? And then I was like, oh, let me... Let me see what's going on here. And then that's when I started looking into things and reading that some of these nets are like eight miles wide. Yeah. And they're basic. Yeah, There's a really good picture of one right there, actually. Yeah. They're basically. Oh, but that's probably a smaller one. Oh, yeah, that's definitely. You can see side to side on it. Yeah. yeah, you're dragging these across the ocean floor. And they're scooping up whatever gets stuck it. in there. And I was reading a report. uh earlier today that just in 2023 alone the report came out i think in november that in alaska they scooped up 10 mm-hmm. orca whales mm-hmm. oh wow yeah in the, net? in the net yeah so they're scooping up orca whales um sea lions regular seals and, and if it swims in the water they're getting it you know and when you have seven how do you deal with that when it comes out of that Onto the boat. They're dead. Yeah, they, they oh, winch they them off. Did. One, they say, swam away. One of the killer whales. Yeah. But imagine if you harvest one extra halibut and come in and you get caught. What happens to you, your boat, what they can take? Yeah. Oh, you're, the same yeah. standard does not apply. Right. That's mm. not fair. Mm. In the article I was reading showed pictures, right? And they're all the dead seals, dead killer whales. Yep. Dead halibut. It says 7.5 million pounds. Yeah. Of. Is that one you sent you sent to us? I think it's in there. Yeah, right, the trial page has like uh, I don't want to discredit anybody, but three really positive people that are constantly posting on there. Um, David Baines, I think, is the one gentleman's name. I've never met him, but he's a really good contributor to that page. Right. Um, some of it's emotionally based, but it's got fact behind it, and right. a lot of it's just regurgitation of news that you and I or the general public wouldn't have saw if they weren't on those pages. Right. So it's a really good way to stay informed. Um, but they're a juggernaut of an industry. I yeah, mean, what man. do you do with that? You know, they're feeding a lot of people with the Pollock. We can't deny that. They are, so. but there, there, there has to be a way to control it. Because seven and a half million pounds of wasted halibut. Yeah. Yeah. That's sad, man. That's a lot of fish. To be dead, and you take a shovel and put it back, toss yeah. it back overboard. They at least for, feed, for the crabs to eat or something. Feed you the know? homeless, feed the something, something man. man. And they don't want to incentivize it, but I don't think it's incentive if you're like, bring me those fish. You're not getting paid for it, or make them pay for the processing of it, or yeah, and packaging mm. and ship it. Like that could be their penalty. Like, okay, yeah. you caught that many. We want to verify it when you bring it into port. Yeah, and then you got to pay to. Because your fishing methods are not accurate. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's no different than you wanting to catch a fish and then catching every other species but that fish. You change your tactics. Yeah. Right? They, that's what they got to do. 
Yeah. I mean, you got to feed the world. We all get that, but it's like half this food isn't even coming to us. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much getting wasted. Right. Right. And, and you mentioned that we can make yes. all these rules for what happens for American. Right. Waters. Waters. Mm -hmm. But what's that percentage compared to everyone else? Right. Right. You There's know? another really cool page on there that this lady studies. I cannot remember the name of it, but she studies the shark and uh, salmon migrations. Man, those things go everywhere. So you're talking, I had this lady come in the shop and she was super concerned. She's like, I stopped salmon fishing. All I want to do is get lake fish. And she was like, where can I sell my salmon stuff? And I was like, wow, what's going on? You know, start yakking with her. And she was super worried about the rearing grounds where Fukushima is leaking into the ocean. Mm. And she's like, I don't want to eat it. Those fish are full of radiation. Nobody's talking about it. And I was like, oh, dang. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about that. I'm over there oh, picking out. Yeah, yeah, smoke yeah, sand. Yeah. <laughs> like just getting twitching. <laughs> Your skin's glowing. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah, that's, it pretty, does, it's, that's pretty extreme, though. I mean, it's, it's a legit thing, though. Level. It's a yeah. legit thing. If you think about it and you look yeah. it up. Where they yeah. go out those It's right across chains. the water, yeah, man. Yeah. Those what was that currents? called again? Fukushima. That's that nuclear plant that... And they're dumping the water in the earthquake ocean. or tsunami. Something where made it whatever. Not I don't know if it exploded, but it imploded or whatever. Right. Yeah. 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 I did read they they tried I mean they're like um what's the word where they're they're taking that water and they're Yeah, they're trying, trying to, to clean like, it up. Clean yeah. it up, but they don't know. They don't know exactly how clean it is. No. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. And they have them in these huge um like containers, like massive containers, like thousands of them. And then you're right. They had a certain date where they're like, okay, well, now we're going to release this yeah. back into the ocean. Like, that's insane. And the ocean's like super dependent. Like with the warmer client, uh, climates, what we're seeing is more plankton. So these sockeye mm -hmm. blooms are going nuts, right? Because their food source is all over the mm -hmm. place where herring's getting impacted by warmer water, changing its behaviors. I mean, it's no different than the polar bear losing the ice, right? Its hunting grounds are gone. So yeah. that mm -hmm. species getting less and less ability to chase its food yeah which is exactly what's happening in the ocean in my opinion yeah and some some benefit from it yeah you know, we talked about the crab thing like some yep. of them are benefited from it and some of them are not yep. yeah right from the heating and, and, up. They, and they pivot and they figure out a way to transition and figure out to find foods other way that's that's what i was gonna say you like know, if you i don't mean to cut you off they evolve yeah yeah mm -hmm. they no, all if you take the pressure off of all of them even if it's a short-term thing, all these animals learn how to adapt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, what is it, Darwin? Mm hmm Like, they all will adapt and figure out. Or die. Or yeah. die. Yeah. But yeah. they'll either die off or they'll adapt, but I would probably say that 98% of them will adapt to the new environment because it's not a swift change. No. It's an overtime mm -hmm. thing, so it allows that generational change Mm -hmm. as they morph so to speak through mating and whatnot yep so their bodies and their diets will adapt to that new change and they're finding if, that uh what was that polar bear that's mating with the grizzly bear yeah yes. the brown bears at yeah. like certain sites because so that's a totally new species right like mm -hmm. yeah it's a hybrid yeah. right yeah that's evolution i mean they're crossing paths but they're still mating so it's like what's to become of that right it's hard to say, like, I just think it's a big problem when you're dumping fish. That's the bottom line on the bycatch issue. Like, it's so much waste and want. And we just talked about that meat on that one shoulder you're seeing in the field. And it's like, how do you justify that much waste? How do you justify that? Like, I would feel terrible doing that to an animal. You harvest a moose and just take half of it. Well, not yes. only that, like, 
if anybody at this table goes and shoots a caribou and we're just like, oh, I'm going to chop its head off because I just want the mouth yeah. and leave the body. Well, fishing game and the troopers, they're, they're knocking on the door tomorrow morning. Yeah. I'm taking and everything. I, and I'm narking you out. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But if I'm throwing, you know, 2,500 dead halibut back in the ocean, it's like, yeah, cool, whatever, dude. Yeah. That's allowed because that's, you know, you're allotted that many. Yeah. Well, and, and to, to stay on this, this topic because bycatch is – is very interesting it's fascinating and it's something that people need to know more about mm -hmm. right i think you might a lot of people listening to this podcast recording weeks later are gonna go what's bycatch even mean right yeah i'm like i haven't even heard the term yeah or you hear it floating around in the news but you never actually know what it is right coming from the meetings do you feel that there's a positive route do you feel like there's gonna be some headway um, in, in terms of how it's being prioritized, how to attack it, like people getting together and having conversations is a win. Mm -hmm. Developing, you know, theories and, and talking about it and talking about it. But like, is there something happening in a positive direction to impact it? Do, do you feel like? I think like you have to, you have to first realize that bycatch has been associated with trawlers and it's not necessarily just trawlers. Bycatch I believe by definition as any species you're not targeting that gets caught, right? Yeah. So if you're going to catch silvers, you bonk chums, kind of bycatch, right? Yeah. So it's been associated with the trawling industry because they're getting such a bad rap right now. Um, but it's such a juggernaut with lobbyists that the state doesn't, I don't even know that the state knows where to start, mm. you know? And then, okay, Let's say the state does something drastic and shuts them completely down within three miles. Well, then what are the feds going to do? You know, because they manage the water outside of that. Fish don't sit in one spot in the ocean. They move all over the place and migrate. So the hard part of it is it's, and you're talking multi-country. We're close with Canada. We have treaties with them on a lot of this stuff, especially yeah. hatcheries. So mm -hmm. it's like they got to be on board. The lower 48's got to be on yeah. board. Russia. Yeah. Well, I will say this, that. This same issue happened 100 years ago with the whales, mm -hmm. with right, the whaling right. industry and all that. And hope is not lost because Great point, man. because a lot of the whaling countries realized what was happening. And eventually now, you know, 100 years later, the whales have bounced back. Yep. You know, and now they have these allotments to these indigenous people, um, you know. Let's say like Kotzebue or some of these, they're allowed this and that. Whereas before, there's some really good books on it. Um, it was it was insane what was happening with the whales. Like it went from, you know, however many millions to, you know, tens of thousands. Yeah. Right, right. And then eventually, you know, before they were totally done, all these countries got together and made these, these packs. Formed an alliance to help preserve yeah. the future of whales, right? Yeah. So hopefully before it's too late that, I mean, it's just history repeating itself. It is. Right. You know, it is. Yeah. I also think we should put it out there that, you know, we're not Scientists. here targeting any <laughs> no. specific group. We're talking about not. bycatch as a whole. We're not bashing trawlers or anybody of that nature. We're just bycatch as a whole is, is an issue within yep. our state or recreational type you know well, just our regional they are our resources mm -hmm. so to speak and they're not breaking laws right right nothing's being you know, done yeah. Yeah. regulation yeah. yeah so right. and if they are they're fined we're just trying you to know? keep our our resource alive and well you know it is bycatch 
we're talking about it here, but do we have this same problem off the coast of uh, California, let's say? I, I, I can't speak off California, but I know this was, I just took a trip to Christmas Island. And we I know fly we hate you for there. that too. Don't <laughs> right? worry. It was super nice. Yeah. But when we're flying in, there's two big trial fleets there. And we're okay. like, huh. So we start talking to the locals, like, what are those fishing boats doing? Well, when the COVID, when COVID started, I think it was the Koreans went over there and assisted Christmas Island with funding based off of a long-term tuna trial contract. So it's not just here, and it's the same style. They set up massive boats that are processing, then they go out and do their thing and come back there for processing and then ship it out. So it's it's a worldwide issue. I mean, I think Alaska's even found some boats off the coast that the Coast Guard dealt with a couple mm. of years ago that had a bunch of chum salmon from I was going to brush it up, but I danced from China. China, yep. yeah. So that's where that international issue is, right? 800,000. Like, but maybe those fishermen over in those countries don't know. Or they're not being told, like, don't bring that stuff back here. Like, an international treaty needs to be the next step, in my opinion, because it's no different than, like, I think they just had that green conference and uh, or was that Dubai mm. on, on global green emissions. And it's kind of the same idea. Like, get mm -hmm. these con coastal countries on board with this so that everybody works together through a common cause, right? And we all want right. fish, yeah. you know? You don't right, want to wipe right. out the ocean. Uh, yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, if we keep going down that road, and that's why I think, like Brandon said, conversation is good. Yeah. If we yeah. keep going down this road, I mean, there's not going to be any fish. Yeah. yeah. Or ADF anything, and G, period. ADF and DG did an awesome job this year, and I don't know that they've ever done it in the past, of hosting these town hall meetings. And the one in Kodiak I was pleasantly surprised was – um, I, I was sad after the meeting just because I didn't see a whole lot of resolve as far as like a mm -hmm. positive direction, but it was the commissioner spoke for maybe five minutes and then turned it over to people and they took some pretty heavy hits on the chin, um, emotionally based, factual based, and they kind of did the best they could. They had specialists there to answer everybody's concerns and questions, but if there's one downside to where we're at now, it's like blasting people on social media you know, and not seeing that person face to face and going, look, dude, I don't agree with you on this, but maybe we could think about these options. And then he may say no, or he may say, let's work on that differently and do this, or here's a better idea. Better opportunity to influence something positively on either direction, right? right. The dialogue's got to happen. Versus though. just the pure negativity and poison and yep. shit that's can be taken out of context too with social media, right? Yeah. Like you can't really express yeah, your emotion yeah and not fact fact based all the time it's emotional yeah. based which is justified i mean if yeah. you're angry there's no kings on on the i am but the commissioner right now the current governor right now didn't do what happened what the trend's been happening 10 years ago i mean it's 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 a it's a big animal right that's why we were saying it's the system yeah. i truly believe like the system needs to be looked at again and go there's a lot more angler hours here there's a giant economy we could enjoy with a healthy run and commercial guys could enjoy and trawlers could enjoy, but it's not being managed efficiently. Yeah. I don't have a solution to that. I wish I did, but I just feel like there's a healthier way to, and it's sport fishermen too, man. When you have 200 Kings go into Willow in a year and five of them get poached out, that's a problem. Yeah. I mean, you're not helping either. So it, by no means is it, pointing fingers at anybody but i don't think any of the industries can say we're catching fish like we did 20 years ago 
Oh, definitely not. Hell no. Definitely not. And the size. Yeah. Oh, no, that's definitely. Yeah. Be one thing to bring kings back, but are you going to bring 50 pound kings back? Right. Probably not. Right. I think that's an important, (laughs) important thing to bring up is, is that it's the sport fishermen are the ones that are advocating or screaming for all this change, but by no means at all are they innocent anywhere in the whole grand scheme of things. No, and a lot of, you know, your native, I've got a good buddy that was on Christmas with us, and his family's been commercial fishing up here for generations. So you're going to look at him and be like, you can't do that. Like, oh, me up. Yeah. Right, right. I don't know if you read your news, but I was here first. Right, right. Been doing this a while. Yeah. So it's, it's a slippery slope, man. And if we remember we're all people, I think at the end of the day, I think the hard conversation to have is with a state agency, a federal agency, an international agency mm-hmm. and you got all these governing bodies not a lot of funding to bring them together there's not like a town hall meeting for them just to sit down and hash out issues yeah and and bring your heads of trident in bring your heads of your com industry bring your heads of your sport fishing and go what's going on let's flush out the problems so we can start working on solutions yep you know yeah that's the only way you move forward yep Yep. And uh, I just put the book up there. Um, this book, if you haven't read it, it's called Leviathan. I want to say it's the history of whaling in America. And it pretty much is like what we're looking at right now with the same thing. Uh, the author is Eric J. Dolan. It's a really, it's, it's a really easy read. It's not like, you know, torturous reading. It's a really good story. Um, but it really goes into that whole thing and how all these countries and what was happening with the numbers and how they solved it. And, it's a really, really, really good book. Um, but so now that we bummed everyone else out, we're, uh, we're going uh, to take a quick break so that I can get another Turn beer. Turn this thing around. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Big Ray's the Alaskan Outfitter. Committed to outfitting Alaskans across the state since 1947. Whether you're a recreator, parent, guide, or corporate buyer, Big Ray's has the gear you need tailored for Alaska's harsh conditions. At Big Rays, you'll find brands like Carhartt, Grundens, Darn Tough, FXD, Okiwear, and more. Big Rays is your one-stop shop for both outdoor gear and rugged work attire. Check out their new exclusive line of durable but affordable waders, inspired by and named after the majestic Aralik River in remote Western Alaska. The Aralik wader was designed by Alaskans and proven for the diverse waters of the last frontier. Visit Big Rays at any of their five locations statewide, two in Anchorage, two in Fairbanks, one in Kodiak, or check them out online at BigRays.com. Tailored Restoration, helping Alaskans turn disasters into new beginnings since 1972. Their 24-hour services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, and repairs. Tailored built its reputation with years of committed and reliable service to the community with innovative restoration and home remodeling. When you have an unexpected home issue at the most improbable time, Tailored has an emergency response number with trained professionals available to help you anytime, day or night. Tailored Restoration has locations to serve you in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu or Fairbanks. Give them a call at 907-344-1239 or make an appointment today at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. 
Total Truck, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and Overlander products. If you want to customize your vehicle, talk to the team at Total Truck where you'll find their expertise along with top brands such as ARE, RSI Smart Caps, Goose Gear, iCamper, Front Runner, Rigid Lights, Rhino Lining Bed Liners, and everything you need to outfit your truck or SUV. Want to turn your truck into a sleeping option? They have rooftop tents, custom camping equipment, electronics, and solar energy packages to keep you powered up deep in the backcountry. Stop by their store location on Dowling between the new and old Seward Highway or check them out at TotalTruckAK.com. Uh, he's a hell of an angler, too. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. He, I mean, he doesn't just go fishing. He catches fish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Fishing. <laughs> Anybody got a good joke or something? To turn light the mood. Whoa, man! Um, I want to get so into the uh, said to the trawler captain. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, can you run us through um, the shop history, history of the shop, um, when you got involved, the people before you guys, yeah. and um, well, there's a. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Mike Hudson, has been there for 32 years. Uh, originally, it started out as Dan's Tackle Town, uh, was one side of our sh current shop. It's been the same location the whole time? Same location. Okay. And like Igloo Electronics was there in the day. They used yeah. to bring snow machines in there and sell like one Articat all the time yeah. out of there. Like, <laughs> it was super cool history behind the building. Like you crawl underneath the building. We've been looking at remodeling, so we're like crawling underneath. There's all these electronical wires from like 1980, oh, like wow. the old plug-and-play stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so Mike took it over. Um, I think the transition happened roughly – 28 years ago where he worked there as like a manager for a while and then became owner um i don't mean to cut you off no it used to be half of that size yeah back in like the oh man he came on in the early 90s so and it was the only show in town i think montana creek might have had one Man, that Man. was the heydays yeah. too. Dude. Oh, dude! <laughs> but it was, I mean, just spinning globes like oh, crazy, yeah. Oh, yeah. soaking baits. <laughs> yeah. It's my favorite way to fish, man. <laughs> man. So yeah, it, it evolved from there, and um, there was actually King Salmon issues on the Deshka back in the I want to say eighties or nineties. I'd have to look back, but where they closed it down for a few years to, and it rebounded massive, like mm -hmm. during the era we remember, right? And the glory days happened. And in yeah, the, the glory rest, days. flying service days. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And in the glory days, Willow Creek was mm. the campground up there. Farley was running charters. I mean, you had a couple people up in Talkeetna running charters. Mike had another shop, Three Rivers shop, at the cutoff there at Willow Creek Parkway. And at the time had 11 employees, right, mm. to get Damn. through the season. It was insane. Like in the 80s, they were ordering like a million dollars worth, or 90s, they were ordering a million dollars worth of tackle. Like wow. it's, it was insane what the Kings did to bolster the area, not just for the local guys. I mean, it was that wealth is spread out to restaurants oh, oh, yeah, and man. historic attract bed taxing. Yeah. So, yeah. um, that's kind of the evolution of it. And it stayed, it stayed the same. And I came on, I walked into the shop. So a little bit on me walked into the shop, uh, seven years ago, I'd came back. My mom passed away from cancer. So I moved away from the state for two years to take care of her. Once she passed away, we were going to move out to Oregon, actually. And then our heartstrings started pulling on us, and we were like, time to go back home. So we came back up to Alaska, and I was a stay-at-home dad. My, my, my wife runs her own business. So I was just looking for part-time work, and I walked in the shop, and Mike's, like, just laying there. I was like, hey, man. He's like, hey, super friendly, always informational, like, 
He's like, do you want a hand? He's like, yeah, I'd love a hand. When can you work? And I was like, I got to go down, pick up my car, and then I'll be back up in June. He's like, all right, just let me know when you're ready. And I came in, and, like, next day he gave me the key, and he's like, peace. (laughs) 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 Good luck. (laughs) But that man ran that shop six years solo, right? Like, every day grinding by himself, like, working for the public. He is the most humble person I've ever met, and, like, super devoted to the community i mean there I, I would bet to say there is not an angler in this state that is well versed as him as far as knowledge goes on every different style of fishing because mm. typically in a small shop like ours you find just fly stuff or just tackle but as you had mentioned earlier we carry ice salt you got to know your knots you got to know how to do all of that stuff in all those industries and that to be able to do that with confidence so you can sell your customers gear is is a challenge you need to know how to do it and practice your trade yeah um Live because it. it's not a bigger box store turns over people so if i buy my gear from you and then i come back a year later to be like what you sold me didn't work you're gone yeah. where if somebody we sell stuff <laughs> they're coming back it's in like, AJ, right, man, yep, this yep. thing right here dude. <laughs> on the porch <laughs> let's go let's go <laughs> so it, it's uh I love people. I love working in the shop and it just kind of evolved and Mike and I's partnership flowered from there. And we started expanding the shop and growing it more in areas. And he let me really run free. I've had some massive failures. Um, apparel has been just brutal. I keep trying to do it. I don't know why I'm like shooting myself in the foot. We've got a great apparel shop down the road, all seasons clothing company, Mm -hmm. like super dialed in. We keep trying to do stuff and he'd never say no. And, um, yeah, just it's been evolving and it's been a super fun trip and we've hired all these different people and a lot of the people that have worked for us in the past have been vets. So I'm a, oh, I'm a combat vet myself mm. and it was just like they've got cool. extra income. A lot of them love the outdoors. We work a lot with Project Healing Waters, which is a, a nonprofit for vets. They have a great valley program. It's, they do fly tying, rod building, keep people busy when they get back from deployments and stuff. Super healthy program. Um, and they raz each other like hell, man. It's awesome. I mean, if it's Coast Guard, (laughs) oh, they're just grinding on each other. (laughs) So um, through all that, you get to learn the community. And and for me, it's been, there was a time where Mike was going to lay me off when I was a part-time employee. And I was like, I'd really like to buy in and and be part owner of this. And what sold me on that was probably 60% his behavior and me wanting to have that person in my life longer Mm. just Mm. for that positive uh one information but two just just being around that like a professor but the Mm. other is our community like i have met so many core friends and customers that are just genuine people and a lot of people think it's a you come into a fly shop and you just bullshit a couple years ago we had this lady come in she starts bawling bawling her eyes out shops full of people well her son was a great customer of ours and a hell of a pike angler and he got hit by a drunk driver so she brought us in this picture and like me and mike both give her a big hug and it was just like that solidifies it those things more than like you coming in and going i crushed when you told me to go there and use this it was like she thought to think of us in her hour of despair and come in and go i want my son's memory and his picture still hangs in there oh, that's so, so cool. it's like that entrenchment in the community alaska's already badass and then you meet the people and really get entrenched in them man you can't beat it yeah you can't beat it and he always told me you won't get rich doing this but that's a definition 
you know i mean i'm happy to go to work i've had maybe five days i can think of where i didn't want to go in the shop and that's because they were good fishing days (laughs) (laughs) that's acceptable that's acceptable to be you know not driven to go to work that day yeah it's like god dang it's perfect it's about to rain in three hours let's go yeah Yeah. (laughs) so yeah it's it's a it's an awesome job man so we're looking to expand the shop we're hoping to went down the rabbit hole of trying to build cost was too much for our small shop so we're looking to build a basement this next year move our shop kind of update it if you will and mm. remodel make it a little bit more yeah, modern freshen yeah. it up yeah mm-hmm. man lipstick yeah but it's it's so when i came in mike has he raised his kids through the shop so my kids have been working there a lot like they work there all summer on saturdays and sundays my son will come in whenever he needs extra money and run the till um so that that heart of the shop has been natural for both of us so it's been very easy for both of us to work together on what our priorities are and it's always been the community so then now i'm in my the the tough years my kids my kids are eight and ten so they're both in schools to where i can go in there and look like superman be like you guys want to go fishing and they're like yes (laughs) (laughs) so it's it's super cool and we've taken out a bunch of people's kids in different school programs and it's just fun man I mean, yeah. you can't beat that. It's. It, I mean, this job's fun. It's got to be. Yakking all day. Oh yeah. It is a good time. Yakking. Yeah, it's a cool thing to give back to the community, and I like listening to it. I'm sure your broadcasters do, and listeners. It's awesome, man. Right, yeah. right. It is. Um, I wanted to bring up some of the uh, local made. It seems like every year there's more and more local people getting involved in the industry. Um, we've had. Um, Sure. Um, you know, at the South Central Bead Company guys okay. in here, and I know Kodiak Custom, they're on our list All to right. bring in, and, and we had uh, Alaska Rod Co. and some of these other people that I know you have some of their stuff in your store. Yep. Is there some that were, um, how are those relationships built with them, and is there some people that maybe we missed or some up-and-coming things Oh, there's that always innovators. Um, I think what's happening right now is, uh, there's some legacy state companies, uh, Tony with Kodiak Customs being one of them, Keith with Columbia River Tackle, Alaska Rodco is starting to solidify their stuff. Uh, Ken's been in the game now. He's kind of becoming an OG. Um, and then you have these up-and-comers, Hooks of Alaska, Hooked on Alaska. There's all these other small companies that are pouring lead. And I think what a lot of them are starting to realize is it's really good to work together because, for one – selfishly i would rather buy product from the state one i don't pay shipping so Mm -hmm. that part of the equation as far as the business model goes makes more sense to me than going somewhere else paying shipping losing profit not making the margins so the shop is struggling those type of things has always made it hard on the small guys um the small shops and similar to those guys. So now they're relying on us. We're relying on them for a good, healthy relationship. And to be honest with you, they're conduits, the guides. Mm. So now you've got all mm. these small businesses working together because the guides are the same way. Like, yeah, that applies to us. Let me get that stuff. Pat yeah. with Hardware Tackles, another great advocate for the state, super knowledgeable salt dude. Um, but just innovators, you know, and we need more of that. That's industry bringing brought up here. And I don't think people are talking about that enough. Like, it's not a concrete plant, but it's more commerce in the state, man. And yeah. that, that helps the state. And there's needs to be programs to help those. And 
these guys are starting to get in. B&J's done great. So you've got like Big Ray's, B&J's, us, Mossy's Fly Shop, Mountain View. Mm -hmm. um, I hope I didn't leave anybody out. But those five kind of seem like the ones that are starting to help foster these relationships and, and give them sell-through. Because it sucks to – those guys have to pay for everything and then wait and hope that you buy it. Yeah, and then hope yeah. you pay your bill if they are cash, right. cash flow in the mix. Yeah, to lose. it's a risk, man, yeah. and yeah, it's, it's a lot cheap. hanging over their head. It's totally. Yeah, and it's different than our industry. Typically, in like retail side, you make your order and try to predict it, but you have X amount of days to try and sell it. So you're not held to the wire where those guys have a ton of money that they've been sitting on during product development and actually manufacturing it to a, a right. legitimate thing where it's starting to work. So it's. This state's tough, and there's tough people. And the people that survive the toughness, I feel, come out with their head higher, you know, and they've got this group of people surrounding. I mean, all of them have formed kind of a diehard relationship with each other. There's enough guides to spread the wealth so you're not repping Sitka and QU at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to be this guy, you're going to be this, you're Stone Glacier. So that part of it's really nice. And they come to us, and they're like, what would you like to see? Mm. I, Paul is not going to do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, nope, these are the colors you get to pick from. Yeah. These guys will be like, what do you want? Yeah. How many quantities? And you're not ordering 5,000. We're ordering 15. If they move quick, let's up production. Yeah. So that part of it's amazing. More of like a thumb on the pulse of the demand per yeah. shop and their customers and what you sell. And like, there's thought into that. Yep. And yeah. fishing and hunting, and I'm not a hunting salesman, but I can assume is trendy. Yeah. Right. So what works oh, this yeah. year doesn't you might you're probably going to buy so many of this color this year. Next year you're going to want something different. Yeah, camo's out. Solid yeah, 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 you know? exactly. right, I can right. wear it to work and killing it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Plus you get that personal relationship instead of that out of state sales rep. Yeah. You're just a number. Yep. And and, and I need that commission type mm -hmm. of, of vibe, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So. I I love that there's like an alliance where um you know, like the big box Cabela's and Bass and these guys, they didn't come in and then knock out all the tackle shops. Like through, yes. through that alliance and, and being together and working together and growing together, you know. Well, Cabela's, Bass Pro, Sportsman's Warehouse, they're big. Yeah. So it's it's different, right? Like mm -hmm. they carry the big stuff. We don't carry shanties. I don't have the room for it. I don't have the ability to pay for the freight. Neither, yeah. None of the small guys do. Maybe big rays. Right. Um, but what happens in those stores is because of their employee turnover and the size of the store, they can never build the relationships that we can Yeah, as a small shop. And once you form that trust with the customer, it's unbreakable. We've got customers that won't let my other staff put the line on their reels. Yeah. Like they're just uh -huh. like, no, bro. Yeah. No, right. he's not tying my knots. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I hate to tell you, dude, he ties my knots. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Well, I think Alaska is unique that we want to support other Alaskans. For sure. Um, so yeah, you see time after time some chain restaurant come in, it's a hype for a little bit, and then boom, they're gone. Yep. Right. You know, and so like companies like yours and, and Big Rays and B and J's and mm -hmm. you know, I know for myself and probably everyone that I know, we would rather go check out some of these small places and see if they got what we need before yep. we go step into Cabela's or some of those other big places. Yeah. Not to get it. It's cool to have those big places. It's cool to have that option there, but that's not our first option. And I think as Alaskans, I can probably speak for all of us that say that 
our first option is the small shop. We yeah. always want to support local first. And if for some reason it's not there or you got your clothes or something, then all right, well, maybe we'll go check out these other guys and see if they got it. Yeah, and with modern retail, so there's always a stigma surrounded with small shops. People ask me this in the time in the shop periodically and ask Mike, do you guys mark your stuff up more than anywhere else? Mm. Like, But nowadays, man, with phones you can check RBS. So it's yeah. like, okay. And most of it, they call it map policy. So we have to sell something. We can sell it for more, but they suggest the retail price. It's like Sitka or anywhere else you get on their thing. You're like, this jacket's six ninety They're selling it for 1200 bucks. Like what's going on? Oh, it comes with the bottom too. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, so you can get called out a lot easier for gouging and nine times out of 10 with us shopping locally. Like you, I don't think you can find a cheaper source of lead than in our shop right now. Mm. Because we, we've just got the hookup. And, yeah. and yeah. to go off of that, I think anybody that's listening to this show, within reason, I think we're more apt and willing to spend more to buy local. Yeah. Knowing that it's costing you more to ship something up to have it made in order for us to get that product. Yeah. Versus I'm paying Bass Pro their markup and they're getting it for pennies on the dollar oh yeah so they're making a huge margin yeah you know and i'm feeding who knows whose family where i know i'm buying whatever from you for 24.99 helps the kids i know that you know <laughs> yeah. you see them with no teeth your it's kid. your fault yeah, yeah. <laughs> my kid's hungry yeah. Yeah. you <laughs> your kids get to eat you know some dino nuggets tonight or whatever so there was this guy this story so uh i think it was an orvis shop moved in this is years and years ago mike told me this across the street he walked in there to go check it out they sell completely different stuff so he walked in just introduced himself and the sales rep was sleeping behind the desk right this is years ago so then it closed the shop down and the sign on his front of the door said closed due to lack of community support and it's like first of oh. all dude your approach is wrong <laughs> even when you close the shop you don't say that like, oh my goodness so, well that's part of the having that that close community i i mean knowing you're going to walk into your shop or, or mountain view sports and you're going to see the same guy that has been there forever oh, yeah. you're going to be in there and sometimes you go in some of these big box stores and it's like uh, i know that this guy doesn't know more than i know yeah, you know, what I mean, he doesn't mm -hmm. know what he's talking about. You know, some teenager, they're teenagers. Yep. yep. You yep. know, so you'd rather go to somewhere where like these guys are gonna tell you what's up for real. You know what I mean? And if and you're gonna come back and it's gonna be the same guy that's there. You know, two years later, and you can be like, yeah, this worked. This didn't work. You know, I'm gonna try this new area. How could you help me out? So I think having that, um, that relationship with that local business, it just keeps you wanting to go back, back back again yeah well not to mention like you take a, a box store right and i'm not here to bash any box store because i think everybody you need listening will if they say they haven't walked into a a sportsman's bass pro or cabela's oh yeah you're full of shit, they're you're full of shit. Oh, yeah. everybody listening has walked into one and bought something um but you go to those big stores for specific items that yep. you don't carry yep and you could find those little odd and end things that's unique specifically to target specific fish here. Mm -hmm. I don't need to go to Bass Pro to 
buy my fishing gear because there's no catfish here. But if I walk down this aisle, <laughs> there's a shitload of catfish bait. Turkey calls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And turkey calls all over the place. You Dude, know, what's like, up with the snake bite kits? I always look at that and I'm like, what, what do we this? got snake bite kits in the state? <laughs> right. I might be traveling you know, to Arizona. <laughs> it, it just goes to show that no matter where you're at, like that box store is just putting stuff on the shelf. They don't care about the demographics or the geography of where where we're living right they just want your money yeah and yeah that's their that's just their business model us at this table know that those catfish nuggets <laughs> they're not going to catch anything but people buy the tourist that comes up knows oh i can catch fish with those catfish nuggets in my pond we're gonna try them here yep so they buy them yeah but they can go to you <clears throat> The, the There's unique, no catfish nuggets because the they don't work. You know what state, I'm saying? Yeah, oh, yeah. The unique thing is we have such a high turnover rate of people, naturally, right? Tourism. Mm -hmm. So these people are coming and going. Yeah, temporary. And then military. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. so there's this transient population. And those guys want to get after it. Like, they're pretty motivated, from my experience, to come up and go, we want to go do this this weekend. What do we need? Yeah. And it's, you know, you, you can go and shop yourself. I saw, so the first week I started working in the shop, this guy, military dude, came in. It's probably $900 in tackle sitting on the counter. Mike's like, what are you trying to do? He's kind of talking to the guy about what his goals were and what he were, what was he doing. And he took all that tackle, moved it off, made $20 sale to the guy. Like, here's the three things you need. Go fish here. Yeah. Lifelong customer. That's it. Yeah. So it's one of those things like you can mm -hmm. let them go free, and that's what they will do in a box store, right? Because nobody's there holding your hand where we get to interact with every customer that comes in on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Right. You know, right. so that's the – that's the benefit of shopping small anywhere. You know, yeah, you go to a florist point. or whatever. It's like, what are you buying flowers for your wife or flowers for a funeral? What are you after? Like, let us help you pick that out and arrange it. So it's, it's just helpful for everybody. No, a hundred percent. Well, and it, you know, from a consumer perspective, I'm, I'm a, I like to find deals. Like okay. I bought the Sitka vest on sale. I didn't buy this thing full suggested retail. Right. I got it on sale. It's overstock from last year or something yep. like that. Got it for 40% off. Right. That's why I bought it. Yep. I like good it. On it's YouTube, good. Man. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's not, man. My, it's <laughs> not my color, but I just want to change it up. I think change the color it. looks good. Thank Earth, you, man. I appreciate it. tones back in. And I looked at it the first time. I was like, ooh, man. I'm like a blue, gray, green. You know, it's like, it's kind of yellow. I mean, it's like, get some color in your life. I was like, all right, you're right. I want to put this mustard ass looking thing on. <laughs> it's like honey mustard, doesn't it? Um, uh, my point was I find deals online. I find deals in town. And to kind of to your point earlier, like the big box has something I need. Yep. Like I know I can go get these certain water jugs at Sportsman's Warehouse. I can yep. go get these certain fire starters at Sportsman's Warehouse I like or something. You know, big box store has this thing. Three Rivers has a certain lead I like. Mm -hmm. B&J's has certain, you know, uh, um, uh, 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 the saltwater, um, um, what the hell, the freaking leaders, leaders, you know, like everything has something. Mountain View has really nice Sims flannels, like yeah. seasonally, they're the nicest damn flannels you can buy, but you get them at you get them at Mountain View. Yep. They every store has something for everyone, hence why the market I think is so healthy to support a small tackle shop absolutely to a medium outfitter big race style to cabela's and sportsman's and bass pro which yes i'm sure we all go in 
every yeah. single year at some point, right. winter or summer, to get something out of those stores. Correct. And it's okay. Yeah. And you can still go on, you know, Steep and Cheap or Camel Fire and order a Sitka vest. Yeah, I could go to, I could go to a store and get it retail here local, or I could get it for 40% off, which I'm going to do that occasionally on yeah. certain things. Heck yeah. yeah. And without a d- doubt, go into a tackle shop and pay $27 for a Kodiak custom halibut jig all day long. Yep. Pay full retail without looking twice. And they work. Right. Yeah. You know? But Yeah, I'd, I'd rather pay full retail for <clears throat> the local guy. You, you pick and, and choose. Stick it to what the big guy like and take cool my discount. Spending, yeah. like, without question, looking at a price of something and buying it, like, at a small tackle shop or something versus, like, trying to find something on a deal. Spending habits, right? It's like, yeah, what, yeah. And we all have budgets. I mean, totally. if we were all millionaires, no problem. Yeah. 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 None of us here. But it's yeah. just like. Shop like I'm one. Never going to be. Columbia River's local? Yeah, they're out of Palmer. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Keith is I his didn't name. Know that. Phenomenal guy. Why did man. he choose that name? Uh, he's from Columbia River area. Oh, okay. So, and he's selling nationally, if not internationally now. Same okay, that's why just, maybe just I thought that. Because I thought I saw his stuff somewhere and I was like, oh. He's when been I around first. for probably five years, maybe a little longer, maybe a little longer, but uh, really taken off. B&J's first, right? Yeah. Would that B&J's, be us, I think Three Bears is carrying them now, too, in oh, certain okay. lines. So, mm. I mean, Three Bears blew up. Wow. Oh, man. Wow, man. That's cool, too. That's yeah, just like a mini shop. Costco. That's, oh, dude, it's awesome. That's really, really wild how they blew up out of toke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? I mean, kind of a bummer for, like, the lodges and some of the other little Mm-hmm. gas stations and stuff like that but so cool for those people that live in those rural areas to have you know such a good well, option the, to, like to the, buy stuff the pop-ups in big lake and houston and in some of the Super areas nice. i think that's great yeah man. they're putting one yeah. in eagle river oh really sticking it to fred meyer like yeah fred meyer, literally on the same plot yeah. you know the old sbs yeah did oh, you know oh, that really? the uh, wow. three bears yeah did you know the oh, permanent shit. fund like invested yeah. in them and and oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's cool it's yeah. a good yep. move, man. Yeah, like, great move. use the money for that. Like, invest yeah. it, man. Grow yeah. it. Yeah. Like, investing back into the own, yeah. own community is great. Mm-hmm. And I think, like you said, yeah, it sucks for the little mom and pop gas stations out there. But I think it's good for those communities because now they they have access to more. They don't got to drive all the way into into Wasilla or Anchorage to, you know, get whatever. Yeah, because Three Bears. I mean, they're building. They call them convenience stores, mm-hmm. but. It's a gas station, but their definition of a convenience store is... They got it all, man. It's like a friend oh, Meyer yeah. to us, you know? Oh, yeah, That's it's nice. great, man. Yeah, it's like a full-blown grocery store up in that joint. Yeah, mm-hmm. hey, you can get lures and a Hot Pocket, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I it's 20 to 22 ammo, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah? <laughs> On the road with your RV septic pipe. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> they got it all, man. Yep, yep. Um Three rivers. What are the three rivers? The Yetna, the Susitna, and the Little Sioux. Okay. Yep. So the Big Sioux. Susitna. The, yeah. the Big Sioux, the Yetna River, mm-hmm. and the Little Susitna. Mm-hmm. Why specifically those three rivers? I, I don't know. The original guy, Ed Albright, I believe, and Wayne, before Mike's day, had old, picked out the three old rivers. Old Ed and Wayne? Old Ed and Wayne. This sounds like a couple After guys they bought off three like, rivers tackle shops. Exactly, right? <laughs> Dude, it used to be down and dirty from what I heard, man. Like smoking cigarettes in the corner. Oh, hell and yeah. A lot of coffee and just That's all camp, campfire conversation oh, yeah. earlier. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Walk in there and get lung cancer. Like, <laughs> well, three years ago, guys, I had my biggest scare, right? Because I, mm. I go driving home and I see this laughing 
salmon. And I'm like, oh, crap, another tackle shop. My Sims rep calls me up. And he's like, dude, you better watch out. Somebody's coming in on the Lolo. And I was like, where's that? They're like, Palm Silla. So I drive by it. I'm like, oh, shit. See their little building soon. And I was like, damn, it's brand new. It's on a creek. Turns out it was la- Laughing Salmon, salmon Cannabis Company. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, was, I was like, dude. Oh, got to worry about that. It's <laughs> yeah. not our room. Uh, that's good, good for business. They sell a tackle. <laughs> I love that name. Yeah. Laughing Salmon. Yeah. Those dudes are fishermen too, man. They're hardcore boys. They are hardcore. They got like that $60,000 snow bear machine that like lowers down hydraulically. I mean- Oh, they're, they're about into it. it. Oh, they're super into it. Cool. Going to Manitoba, fishing. They're dialed. Oh, oh that's wow. cool. Good dudes. Yeah. Doing expedition style trips. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, they're they're wealth of knowledge as well. I mean, it's cool really thing. popular, about, man. Oh, yeah. And the cool thing about my industry is you'll know a bullshitter because he'll say he knows it. You cannot know it all. I try to hire four or five guides a year. Every single person, even if I've been with them before, I'll learn something. Hell yeah. Something you new. always mm-hmm. learn something like, okay, we're going for Kings this time. We're using this plug. He ran two plugs. Why'd he switch that plug out? What'd you do different? Or why'd you tune it differently? And you just learn. So it's an right, education right. in itself to just make you a better angler in your yeah. pursuit of that, that big fish. I know someone's bullshit when they tell me they got a secret fishing hole. Yeah. <laughs> ain't no <laughs> Not yeah. anymore. 2023. <laughs> ain't no damn ain't no secret. secret. <laughs> I got a secret. You foolish shit. Yeah. <laughs> you the only one that fishes that hole? Yeah. I doubt it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Take me there. Just walk yeah. over that trash right there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, the wind must have blew that. Uh, AJ, what's something that you guys might carry that maybe the average person doesn't know that is in the store? Knowledge. <laughs> we dropping that good. like bombs. Okay, <laughs> that's good. Um, well, that's a good answer, it. though. You know, there's a lot of the anglers or the companies you guys had mentioned. I think that's not well known um, that we carry. We always get surprises when people come in and go, oh, man, what's this Columbia River? What's Kodiak Customs? And so really it's the forefront of those guys taking off. And if nothing else, when you walk away from this, just know, like, there's a lot of most of the guys that develop tackle up here are sick in the head. (coughs) Because they fish so much that they had to figure out a way to make money off of it. Yeah. And so – their their research into their gear before they launch stuff is freaking dialed man it's years worth of work so it's like having those guys is probably what's the most special thing about our shop is i think we have six or seven local companies right now in the shop and they're starting to dominate more and more and it's it's good to see that's cool so you know why it dominates right it's built well, most of it. Because it works. And it works. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Tested. You, you know, you, to our fishery. You buy those Kodiak custom jigs to go halibut fishing because you harvest halibut. Yeah. You know, it's hard to deny, like, <laughs> you can go buy whatever brand. Yep. You know, go buy the local boy stuff because the R&D was intense in, in, in fact was there in, was a divorce in it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well what was There's it lots of hard uh, feelings yeah bleeding heart brewery wasn't that whole name based off of that guy's like wife divorcing him or oh, something yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 it's either me or the beer well honey uh, well yeah. <laughs> hit the road so you're making custom Custom rods? Yeah, we build custom rods, tie custom flies. Um, Fly rods, spinning rods, bake it, doesn't matter. Yeah, I built a a rail rod for a gentleman that was going to catch big bluefin tuna off the coast of Mexico. Um, Oh, wow. Built everything. Um, And it's, it it is, that that is one thing I've kind of put down fly tying since the rod building has really enhanced just because I, 
that's a whole different animal to learn how the guide spacing works and then what the customer wants for details doing 50 rods right now with the wasilla high fishing club we work a lot with matt sue central do a lot of building with them every year they can use it as a credit and use that uh stipend that they get to purchase the components mm. so super kids are kids and honestly women in all of the classes we teach tend to learn quicker than the men because a, a fisherman has it beat in his head. He knows what to do. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, where everybody else Can't comes in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had a guy last year or two years ago that was building a rod with us. And, it, like, Mike was messing with him. And his wraps didn't look good. But Mike was just kind of picking at him in a fun way. And, like, he reached over and sprung one of his wraps. And the guy goes, if you do that one more time, I'm going to stab you in the hand with this fork. <laughs> just, he wasn't playing. <laughs> he did not care at that point. He's like, just let me finish this rod. <laughs> so it was good, though, man. And being able to engage with customers like that, we get a lot of one-on-one -on -one time. So it's, you know, gotcha. it's, it's cool. Yeah. So if someone wanted to have a custom rod built, yeah, just come down and see you? or yeah. call us, come down. It's better to come down because there's so many components available got a good friend who came in last year and built his son a spider-man theme halibut rod and so we sat down and made this oh, thing cool. look amazing it's red and blue and he had blue guides and like spider-man sticker on it's it just flashy so, huh oh dude it was awesome and so cool. he's building well he's building one for his daughter for christmas this year and then uh Barbie? we've done a ton of themes no she's doing that lady lady spider-man oh okay oh like yeah, the, yeah. with the white black yep. and white yeah, yeah. i yeah. built my kids my nephews nieces all them rods and you know i get to put i love you oh, love you cool. uncle in the days like yeah man and they'll have that forever so yeah. it's, it's oh, that's way cool pretty cool pretty cool that's gift awesome. to give yeah. you put navets on those things or what what are they anything they about? want man yeah yeah i mean so we with his we did a uh spider wire for years made this red white and blue line it's 80 pound braid it was red white and blue like the metered stuff yeah uh -huh. so we put that on the spool on it all blacked out reel dude it was sick oh i bet it was sick it just popped on that reel oh, didn't dude, it dude it's, it's just and he's caught and fish just with it and watching the color change oh yeah <laughs> spider so web rad. dude yeah oh, that's awesome that's awesome <laughs> yeah that's cool uh anything uh, that man. we didn't bring up that maybe you wanted to mention just that i'm very grateful you guys thought of us um, you guys do a great job on this podcast and it's a labor of love and I, I can relate to that. You know, the podcast owns you and the shop owns me. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> I, I get yeah. that, man, but you guys are Point. doing a great thing, a, a great thing for all of your listeners, but particularly the state of Alaska and the people that are trying to help out the community here. I think it's, I think it's great what you're doing. Just want to say thank you. Thank I you. appreciate it. Yeah. Man, thank you for saying that. And really well said, well spoken. Um, you truly are a steward of, uh, Alaska, Alaska, well, <laughs> you're a fisherman. You're a fisherman at heart. That automatically qualifies you as a bullshitter. Yeah, just he did tell us hand. he got a secret yeah. fish. Yeah. <laughs> you, you certainly have a unique talent, uh, clearly for for that. Uh, but uh, you know, just being inspirational to being passionate about your community and the state you live in, what you love to do. You, like you said, you're never going to be a millionaire, but you're the probably the richest man in the world at day on certain days. Yeah, working that tackle shop, Thank you. Right, teaching right. a kid or a guy or a, or a gal coming in, trying to find you know fine tune something, whatever that means. Yep. Um, man, you just must have endless wins it's, and things that give you a little dopamine shot it's awesome, that just man. feel amazing. Yep. And that's 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 really cool, man. You, it's not always all about the money. We need it no. to function and survive and we can talk about that but it's you know you you're you're rich in in uh a different way 
I think my customers do more for me than they understand. You know, that yeah. a lot of them look like like a thank you. You know, it's like thank you for being here and being open. And it's like, dude, I was having a crap day today when I woke up and like your story or you showed me a fishing picker or just came in and made me laugh. Like, yeah. and then the other really nice thing I didn't touch on is like sometimes in the winter or the summer you may come in and the shop's locked for no apparent reason. It says we're open, we're not. Well, if something goes on with our family or our friends and they need us, we mm. lock that door and we can be there for them. And that, and our customers will turn around concerned, write us, text us or whatever. Like, hey, we come in the morning and like, what's going on? You guys okay? You need anything? Like, you have no idea. That makes your morning after like, you know, your kid might be sick at school. You go pick them up and weren't open for the day. Maybe lost some money. The next day they're there. Yeah. Hey, are you okay? You need anything? You want me to make you some soup? You got everything covered? It's like, dude. That's so cool. Yeah, man. That's what it's. A, and yeah. I don't know if it's just this state, but it, it sure as hell feels like it is. I mean, honestly, it, I think it is. It's pretty special. Yeah. We watch out yeah. for each other for the most part. You, you know? ain't getting that in New York. Tell you no. what. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. It'd be three rivers, dead bodies. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a pretty, pretty cool bond. And it's up to us Alaskans that truly love that and believe in that to keep it alive. Because with that transient population, yeah. They, you know, they learn it and then they leave. They learn it, then they leave. And, you know, getting it to stick for the ones that exactly. want to stay around is important. Yeah, and we got to be that glue to yeah. help pass it on, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, this is this is the best state I've ever been in. I mean, I miss certain things like the fall in the Midwest, but Alaska, man. Special. Yeah. I've been struggling Fact. with this winter, Fact. to be honest. Yeah. But I we sit around and have these conversations and – Puts a lot of stuff in perspective. Again, like big picture, why it's such, such a special place to live and raise a family. And like I said, man, sometimes I'm like, yeah, that warm weather down there somewhere <laughs> else would be real nice. <laughs> Driving around these nasty ass icy roads. Yep, yep. But that right there, like you said, you you have experience living somewhere else. You know what it's like. Yep. You know, a different culture and society of people and connection to community. Mm-hmm. It's it is special here. Well, I think it's the Thanks intensity really here like too, right? Talking about that, it's yeah. The intensity, like you don't have time to mess around here. Somebody's broke down in the middle of winter in the snow. Like you're gonna help them. Oh yeah. yeah. Not it's not like another. Because one day that'll like, be you. Right, right. It's gonna be you one day. Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> was, yep. We didn't watch that comedy show. It was a little sidebar. We didn't watch that comedy show last year. Uh, what was that? Uh, what's that? Kersher? Uh, oh, Bert. Bert. Uh, Bert. Uh, yeah. 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 And his the one of the dudes that opened up. He had. <laughs> It was last December. We just that, had that yep. snowpocalypse, and they were clowning on what like that dude cars, like that? trying to get through the intersection, <laughs> looking like baby cats <laughs> trying to crawl. And and the one guy was like, "This is like one of the only places where you're like, oh hey, I'm just gonna go outside and check the mail. Oh shit, the door locked behind me. I could fucking die. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like this place will, will eat you up and swallow you. I'm like, you know, that's a good point. You know, if yep, you live in yep. the wrong yeah. spot or do something, fall down, bump your head, and pass out. Like, it's not. It's not for the the fainted heart, you know, yep. to live here yep. and, and fact, fact, yeah, enjoy it. And anyway, yep. AJ, great, thank great work, you. you guys. Yeah, you guys. Thank you for coming thank in. You. Yeah, thank time. you for making thank the you. drive and 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 oh, yeah. having that local business for all the people that are supporting you guys and all our listeners. Stop by the shop, say hello to AJ and and Leaf over there who's running the social media. Shout out to him, man. He's doing a great job. Yep. Um, oh, appreciate yeah. what you're doing. Thank you for coming in, and hope to come oh, yeah. in there. My my dad did just break a rod, so now I know where I'm gonna get him a special yeah. one with the maybe I love. Let's you go fishing that. next summer, boys. Yeah, let's do that. That'd yeah, yeah. next yeah. winter, cool. a secret Christmas spot, Island. a secret <laughs> spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's go to that 
uh, secret spot, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. that one where the that water one. flows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah AJ yeah, yeah, probably yeah, does yeah. actually have secret spots. Yeah, yeah. he does. He does. Well, <laughs> I heard he'll, he's going to take us to uh, she fishing, man. That's what oh, I heard. Man, that would be awesome. Yeah. We'll do a trip out there. I'm going to have to check my messages. I could have sworn he texted me and asked me if we wanted to go <laughs> she fishing. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Alaska, for listening. Thank you to all the sponsors for supporting the show and for the listeners and the Patreon members. We really appreciate you guys. Um, hope everyone has had a good Christmas and a New Year's, and thank Absolutely. you for all the support. Um, AJ, once again, thank you. And Alaska, as always, stay wild. You remember my speaking to you of what I call your overcautiousness. Are you not overcautious when you assume that you cannot do what the enemy is constantly doing? The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Barney Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. The exclusive home of Frontier Gear, built for the rugged Alaskan terrain. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor needs. Visit Barney's today at 906 West Northern Lights. Big Rays, the Alaskan outfitter, committed to outfitting Alaskans across the state since 1947. Whether you're a recreator, parent, guide, or corporate buyer, Big Rays has the gear you need tailored for Alaska's harsh conditions. Check out their new exclusive line of Rolic waders. Big Rays for all your outdoor gear and rugged work attire. BigRays.com Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services. Helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products, providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. The TreehouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska, built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation, with exclusive products such as their sugar wax, full spectrum diamond sauce cards, and more. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the reach of children, and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. The Bait Shack, located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They are the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Lawn Pro AK, Alaska's year-round professional property maintenance team. Services include weekly lawn care, custom landscaping, fertilizing, weed control, turf repair, and more. Schedule your free estimate at lawnproak.com. Alaska's OG Cider Company, Double Shovel, crafting gluten-free colonial-style ciders, founded as a healthier non-inflammatory brew option. Drop by their pop and tap room in Anchorage off of 58th and Arctic or visit the second location in Kodiak. Double Shovel, award-winning ciders. The Alaska chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. BHA is the voice of our Alaskan public lands, waters, and wildlife. Their goal is to uphold our hunting and fishing legacy while keeping our public lands wild. Stand up today and join BHA at backcountryhunters.org. 
Alaska Mining and Diving Supply, located in Anchorage, is our go-to for powder sleds and utility rigs. Whether you're in the mountains with the flat bill bros, running trap lines, or hauling freight, they have the selection to get you dialed from peaks to the valleys. Find them on Commercial Drive or akmining.com. Should you not claim to be at least his equal in prowess and act upon the claim? I say try. If we never try, we shall never succeed. This proposition is a simple truth, and it's too important to be lost sight of for a moment. If we cannot beat the enemy where he now is, we never can. It is all easy if our troops march as well as the enemy, and it is unmanly to say they cannot do it. <laughs>